What is this? What is it? What? What is this? What is it? What is it? What is it? What is it? Oh, there you go. That's uh, it's, you didn't get a song this week, but uh, that's your intro. Which, for those that don't recognize at home, is uh, one of Justin and I's favorite. The yeah. original dialogue from Resident Evil One. Yeah, starring Barry Burton on PlayStation One, which is one of my favorite video games of all time, and probably the poorest voice acting ever. Yeah, but that's Barry. And he's a character who I think within the first half an hour of the game says a variation of uh, what is this over 50 times. Yeah, easily. What uh, is it? What, 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 what is, is this? this? And it gets better in the game, but I didn't play those clips. Is uh, Later, you play as a character named Jill, and a roof comes down and smashes you. <laughs> and he stays here and goes, oh, you were almost a Jill sandwich. That was my uh, voicemail alert for like it three was. years. And what was his other one? Oh, you, the master Jill. of unlocking. Yeah. This is for you, the master of... Or the... Uh, or the one, the one weird one where he has like his gun pointed, and then he like really quickly goes, "What is that? <laughs> what is it?" <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, welcome to episode nine of Big Snackers. Yes, we are back. I'm back. Well, we're not back. We've been recording on Skype, but I'm home from tour, and Justin and I are back in person, face to face at this sexy table. Correct. Looking at each other. Um, yeah. Staring into each other's eyes. <laughs> yeah, we sure are. I uh, I'm sick, so my voice doesn't sound good. But maybe it's more rugged. Do girls and guys like that? I figured I can do this. Hey, Justin, what's up, buddy? Yeah, but I just said to you a second ago. I'm pretty sure you could do that even if you weren't sick. It doesn't really make any could. sense to me. Yeah, welcome to Big Snackers, guys. We got a great episode for you today. <laughs> um, but I think we hit the hundred thousand mark, right? We should be probably by like Saturday, I'd imagine. Which I don't know. is insane. A hundred thousand people have listened to Justin and I. Talk about talk, things. Yeah, talk about and we bullshit. are very lucky, so thank you. And we've actually started to get some feedback from other podcasts, and it's cool to be uh, accepted into this world of people that are not nice all the time. That's true. <laughs> so uh, we're uh, going to start off with a question. Every week we get questions, and we pick one, and we well, answer I, it. Uh, there's actually, there was one on Tumblr also, if you want it. Oh, we can do two then. We'll do an email and a Tumblr one. Yeah. Uh, you want to go first or shall I? Good. Um, Dylan Lyles asked... My name is D- Dylan. If you each had to pick one album to listen to for the rest of your life, what would it be? That is a hard question. The rest of my life, one album. One I mean, album? A top five list I could do. No, but I'm gonna answer him. I don't want to. I don't want to cheat the question. One album, because I think if you're gonna answer that, you can't just uh, answer necessarily your favorite album because you have to think no. of how many songs are on it, the replay value. Man, um, are we allowed to? Um uh, use a loophole on this question and use like a box set. I think so. He didn't specify. You can buy a box set by itself yeah. as one purchase. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because usually a box set has like a name, like you, you know, True. like that Beatles is like anthology. Oh man, you go for that new Nirvana one that came out then, right, brother? Oh my god, I don't even know about that. Oh, it's no. in utero. It's like three hundred dollars. Why? Yeah, well, that's a good well, question. Is it, oh, is it that special edition thing? Yeah. That they, okay, I know what you're talking about. Why would they even release that? Because, I mean, In Utero is like a good album, I guess, but it's not like their most celebrated work. I, it was, I guess it was like, what, 20 years ago or We might be like the that. only two people in our age range or sitting doing a podcast that both of us don't really think Nirvana's that good. No. Mainly because they're not that good. No. And now at least like Timbers and people listen to this, if not more, like they can't yeah. even have an opinion on anything. They don't think Nirvana's good, it's the best band ever. Yeah, but everybody always says that bullshit about how like you can't have an opinion on something because you don't like this band. I remember a couple of years ago when yeah. like Newfound Glory was popular and someone was like, 
why don't you like them? I mean, they're just like all the other bands that you like, and it's well, like... No, they're not. No, they're not. I mean, I wasn't... I, not that I didn't like them, but I yeah. just... I wasn't, like, swept up in the fervor that surrounded them at the time, and it didn't make any sense to me that somebody, was, that somebody would be like, oh, if you... Why don't you like... It's the same thing as, like, well, if you... You know, you like all this music, but you don't like the Beatles. If, without them, this wouldn't have existed, and it's coincidentally, like... Arguably, you could say that, but that's a stupid argument well, to Well, coincidentally, make. what you just said is I actually was talking to some people recently, and I always get that... I don't dislike the Beatles. Let it get said. People think you're crazy. I just don't really care about the Beatles. Yeah. I, I get they wrote really good songs. Mm-hmm. They were revolutionary. I agree. Yeah. Doesn't mean I have to like it. Yeah, I agree but with I, their influence. I but... talked to somebody and they said, well, without the Beatles, no bands you listen to would exist. I'm like, A, that's impossible to prove. B, okay. Why does yeah. it mean I have to like them? You're, that's what I always I, wonder was like, you mean, make sense in, to me. you mean in the entire world with all the things that have happened that the bands that I like wouldn't exist because one band they didn't start music no and you know arguably honestly I do love the Beach Boys and they're still probably my top 10 bands of all time Mm -hmm. and I would argue that a lot of music I listen to probably wouldn't exist without the Beach Boys much more so than the Beatles yeah so everyone can fuck off yeah seriously because I mean I guess this doesn't really answer this guy's question oh yeah Dylan so uh (laughs) what would you pick a I'm trying to think of a box set I like would you pick a box set no, I was just asking like that question because, like, I don't know. I mean, maybe – I'm trying to think of a band that has enough um, variation that I wouldn't get, like, super bored Man, that's with what it. I'm thinking that's a like, hard thing to do. One album for the rest of your life seems – It wouldn't be a punk band. I no, don't really, I wouldn't Even be my favorite punk that. bands don't have albums I could just listen to every day for the rest of my life. Um, There's a really good Electric Light Orchestra box set that I like, so maybe I would just use that because I really like that band a lot, but – because they have enough variation in their songs that I right. wouldn't get that bored. And but plus, there's some songs on there I don't really like, so maybe I'll grow to appreciate them because it's all I could listen to. <laughs> so I wouldn't have a, a choice. I'm going to pick Counting Crows Films About Ghosts, which is kind of their collection retrospective that spans all their albums. Yeah. And they're my favorite band. And it's not like an abrasive enough music that it would like rot on me like a heavy album. Yeah. I'm going to pick the Counting Crows. I'm making a new rule that you're only allowed to listen to Anna Begins oh <laughs> over God, and over would... on repeat. And that's no, it. thanks. That's... <laughs> I'm going to pick Counting Crows films about ghosts. That would be my album if I had to. I still honestly listen to that album at least like twice a week. So, If anybody wants to write in with what you would have to say about that or just wants to call us assholes for whatever reason. That we don't like Nirvana or something, go ahead. Free. Because I don't think Kurt Cobain was a genius. Yeah. Sorry, guys. But sorry, sorry. It's just how that. it is. Um, was yours the ELO then? Yeah, yeah. I think I'll, I'd use that. I think I'd go with that. Oh, I know yeah. we're not really answering his questions because he was really looking for an album, but like, I oh, yeah, I guess mine was, give mine was an a album. legit album. Yeah, well, it's I don't got really like twenty-two songs on it. I don't know this guy, so I don't know him either. I like you, Dylan, but <laughs> fuck your question. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Tumblr question next. What is it? From... Justin, o- Justin operates Tumblr because I don't know how. I'm old, and you'd think because of our band I do, but I'm that... older than you are. <laughs> well, the thing about that is I still don't get Tumblr. I don't really have it. I don't know. Um, Screamo Supremo. What? Yeah, I think he needs to change his name. I mean, I'm sorry to make fun of him and everything. <laughs> he must be a, a fan of your band. And also of you, because he's watched you close enough to even notice this, which, I mean, of course, like, you could notice it, but it just seems like a useless detail. Says This isn't even a question. This is just a statement, and okay. I corrected them about this already on Tumblr. But it said, Ryan strums his guitar like he ran out of tissues after intense masturbation and is trying to flick jizz off of his hand. Huh. And I said... I said I would state it to you next episode, but I think I, I answered them. I'm pretty sure you'll agree is that I think that you've never used a pick. That's the reason why. No, people ask about that often, and really all it is is uh, when I was younger, I 
This is actually a true story. I said that I either wanted to skateboard or be in a band. And I got a skateboard first. Mom and Dad bought me, and I sucked at it, and I still do. I'm just not made to skateboard. So Mom and Dad got me, you know, a cheap electric guitar. And I didn't really have people to play music with when I first started, nor did I take lessons. So I just figured out guitar by myself. So mm. honestly, never had a pick because I didn't know what it was. Right. So I just used my fingers. And then when I started playing music with people, they'd be like, do you need a pick? And I'd be like, huh? People yeah, thought I was it? weird. Yeah. And then I always thought I was weird, but that's just how I learned to play. And two things are funny is uh, I did learn that singer of Reliant K plays guitar the exact same way. And I love the first thing people say, well, does it sound weird? Like, well, if you listen to our albums, you say, man, that guy's not using a pick on guitar. Like, I've no. never, yeah, I've Sounds never heard that. the same to me. Or... I don't know. I mean, I've always heard that from, like, other people you've played with, but I've never heard of a person who was watching you guys I ever mean, think of that. You like, can't tell. I yeah. mean, no, I just, I don't do it on purpose, like a style thing. I just, for years, taught myself that way, so mm-hmm. I play better without a pick. I can use a pick now. Yeah. I don't think it has much to do with masturbation, but um, if you watch me play guitar and that's what you think, that's you're entitled to that, and I don't want to ruin it for you, so yes. Do you think this guy's attracted to you? Is that why? I hope so. I don't know. Would you go on a date with him? Yeah. He looked pretty handsome on his Tumblr picture. I don't know. Sorry for the vibrate. My mom's calling me. Oh. But it's okay. So, uh, yeah, that answers the question. your mom to call her Skype number. <laughs> I should have. I should have done that. Um, so, yeah, thank you uh, for letting us continue. This is episode nine. We're very excited. We have a lot of stuff to talk about today. feels good to be home after a long tour. Oh, yeah. How was... Uh... How was the tour? It was great. It was uh, it was the best tour I think we've ever I don't had. Know why I asked you that? We talk to each other like every week. Yeah, so. I mean, this is, yeah, <laughs> it's, like... it's pretty normal. But uh, the tour was good. It's good. I'm home for the winter, and uh, I guess we should just go ahead and get into the episode because Justin has to be done by a certain time tonight. Yeah. Because I don't know why. I have to go to drop my rent money off, and I have to meet some people and stuff. So that sounds very sketchy. Just don't worry about the uh, money. I have. To I have drop to meet off, some man. people and some stuff. Yeah. Okay, that's drop, fine. Drop my rent money off. Well, I know you have a story, so let's get right into the episode now. Big Snackers number nine with uh, special guest Justin Nye. <laughs> I'm going to say it every week. Did you say Justin Nye? Like I'm Bill Nye's son. <laughs> we are interviewing Scott Heisel, who is a senior editor of Alternative Press today. Yeah. Which I'm excited about. I've calling him in a like, little while. About, about an hour. I'm excited because <laughs> Alternative Press, we, we said when we started the podcast, we don't want to stick to any music scene and go from rock to punk to indie to hip-hop which we've done but alternative press is an interesting magazine which i want to get into with scott because at this moment of time it covers a lot of pop punk and punk but it's had everyone from limp biscuit to the pet shop boys to you know icp on the cover Mm -hmm. and it's a magazine that i think has grown with time which you have to do i'm more than anybody understand i always get annoying people say well that label used to be good now they sign bad bands or warp tour used to be good which i agree but it's culture changes, so if you want to keep it going, people yeah. say, I remember when Warped Tour was Pennywise, Bad Religion, and No Effects. <coughs> well, guess what? If they did that now, it wouldn't make any money, and there'd be no Warped Tour. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, absolutely. That's just, yeah, it's exactly. called Life. An alternative Press adapts, and I think I think they keep it mostly honest for the most part. We'll talk they've to Scott been, about that. Yeah, they've been a pretty decent magazine. Yeah. I mean, obviously, like, every magazine has its ups and downs and, you know, people that work for it that weren't very good at what they did. And, right. You know, I don't know. I mean, we'll see how honest he is about that kind of stuff because it's hard to talk shit about your own publication, you know, especially when yeah. you kind of work there Absolutely. You know, all the time with all those people. I'm I just going to keep asking him who who the person he wishes he could fire the most is. <laughs> I mean, obviously, it's better than, like, the bullshit that is Rolling Stone once that guy's editor name, who's obviously the fakest, like, 
oh, worst. Oh, uh, Matt Tabby or whatever. Yeah, or, whoever yeah. the one saying that magazine's bad. But okay, let's go ahead and get into it. You have a story. Um, well, this is like a couple weeks ago yeah. at work. These two guys were in the break room talking about the uh, the healthcare thing and all that. Okay. And, um, this guy was like, he was like, look, man, I got a good idea. Like, you know how like in uh, Florida, how like. You know, they have to test people for, like, drug use before they give them, like, welfare and all that. And he's like, he's like, what they should do is, like, in all the states, they should test everybody for drug use. So if they, they're taking drugs, they can't have health care. And then we take all those people who's been doing drugs and can't have health care, and we take one state and just empty it out and put them all in there and build a fence around it. Just throw some guns in there and let them have at each other. <laughs> And I was like, it's just like, well, I guess it's one way to solve the healthcare debate. But I want everyone to understand before I do this is if you haven't been listening to all the time, you're just tuning in. Justin works at a trucking company. Yeah. And right where you work is right next to the break room. So you get to hear mm-hmm. truckers talk all day. All the time. And the thing I love about what you just said is I feel like that's something many people joke about. But this guy's dead serious and thinks that's a good idea. Yeah, he really does. I mean, every like if you go, I have a Tumblr if you haven't listened to the first episode, but it's tfbr.tumblr.com and it's it's just a collection of all the work stories I have. I they're all that it's the best. Yeah, they're all written like a, kind of like a play, so they're really easy to follow. But yeah, everything that these people think, they actually think. Like none of the things that if I ever talk about on here about them, they don't think. They're not being facetious. They're not joking around. They actually right. believe this shit. And like those guys actually believe that. The thing is, what I didn't understand about it was that's not really going to sell healthcare. You'll weed out people who do drugs, but there's a bunch of people who need health care that are poor that don't do drugs and would still get health care. I had a few issues with that. I was wondering, hey, so I'm not one to condone drugs, and I don't think people should do drugs, but he's saying that if someone does drugs, they should be forced to go live in a state with a gun and have to fight their way out? No, not fight your way out. Oh, just, just fight, uh, just survive. Fight. Yeah. Also, yeah, I mean, health care and drugs go hand in hand to a degree, and but what about people that are sick? Yeah, no. <laughs> Does he think that everyone that has health care does drugs? No, yeah. Well, no, he thinks that everybody who wants, who wants like, universal health care to go through, anybody who wants, like, free health care, which is not free health care. Let's not fucking kid ourselves. No. But anybody who wants it, that they are all poor people who are on welfare who would be doing drugs. Like, that's what he thinks. It's definitely vaguely racist. Oh, it's extremely racist. <laughs> because the thing is, he's just if he if you asked him like if you're just like look, man, you know you can be honest. Just say what you got to say. I mean, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna judge you. I don't tell anybody. He would just say it. He would say, you know, I don't want them niggers on our yeah, health care. Right, exactly, you know, I don't want exactly. them fucking. You know, whatever. And that's what else. he means, and that's yeah. what he means. Every single time that anybody says that, it's a code word. It's like at my work uh, a couple weeks ago, this guy was talking to this other guy in the bathroom, and he was like, and the guy got in an accident. Or whatever, with an right. uninsured driver. So when he got in an accident, the guy, like, I guess, jumped out of his car and tried to help the guy who ran into him because he, uh, like, he thought maybe he was hurt or whatever. And right. Got into, like, the um, <clears throat> thing, and then the cops came, and all this stuff happened or whatever. And the, guy, the other guy who he's telling the story to looks at him, he's like, so what type of guy would you say was? No. <laughs> and it's like, it's like you're just asking him to say it was a black guy so you can say, oh, I knew it. Because what else would that mean? What do you mean what type of guy? Like, you yeah. know him. He just wrecked into you. Yeah. Like, well, he seemed like he likes McDonald's. Yeah, he's probably, and, uh... yeah he had a bumper sticker. For, <laughs> but, like, and then, but then he was like, um, then the guy said, well, he was, you know, he was a uh, Mexican guy. And the reason the cops came was because uh, they weren't sure if he was illegal or not because he was, he was 
days from the accident, so he couldn't really answer their questions correctly. They thought he had a concussion or whatever, so they took him to the hospital. The guy didn't know anything more about it than that. Right. They just thought maybe it could be. But then this guy goes, he goes, typical Mexican, uninsured, <laughs> probably had a goddamn license from Mexico coming up here driving around on our streets running into people. I told you about this plenty of times. I can't believe that he would do something like that. This is bullshit. They need to send all of them back. He just went off on this shit. Then he walks in the break room, and the guy I work with, or I worked with up until recently, is a black guy. Yeah. And as soon as he sees him, he starts doing this. What's up, my man? How oh, you doing? God. Trying to act like he's like cool, like with like everyone. Even though in the bathroom two minutes before that, like, he's trying to get a guy to say something racist about black people. <laughs> then he's saying something super racist about uh, Hispanic people. Also, like, are we in like a nineteen eighty nine episode of Family Matters? Like. I just love these redneck guys like at your work see a black guy and think like they're trying to like talk their lingo like oh yeah absolutely. the real world isn't sitcom TV no. I picture like in his mind everything's like The Simpsons like every Mexican's just coming up here driving a wacky clown yeah, car he, he smashing imagined, into yeah. vans and they're cars always, and grocery stores they're always <laughs> walking over to Home Depot putting their sombreros over their head <laughs> covering up with their ponchos laying underneath a cactus right, exactly. like drink a tequila typical Mexican <laughs> they woke you know. up at 8 a.m. they drink a full bottle of tequila they get in their clown car they start wrecking into cars they <laughs> Day out. Climbing my window, fucking my wife when I'm not at home because I know that's what happens. He actually did have a theory that that was happening. Even though he's like 62 years old and his wife is older than he is, I don't think there's any young Mexican guy climbing into his window after he leaves and fucking his wife. Well, And if they are, she's probably paying the guy because that guy who says that shit is like terrible to her. These guys that go back... From your work, or like go back to the first or second episode, which always say things such as, it's not that I'm racist, but, which oh, if you ever yeah. start a sentence and say, but, you're, you're racist. Well, this is what the guy, that same guy, I was in the I was in the bathroom today, and he was just down. This guy, I swear to God, he doesn't ever work. Like, he comes <laughs> there, he goes up, clocks in, and then he just sits in the break room all day because our, our manager, that or the, the terminal manager, who isn't my manager, he's just the manager of the building or whatever, right. of them, he's supposed to be managing them, right. never comes down there. Ever comes down there. So, because he knows, like, all they'll do is fucking, you know, like, you know, yell at him and shit because they don't care because they're part of a union. They don't have anything to fear from him because he's not. So, like, that guy just sits down there. So, I'm down there. I go to the bathroom and I'm walking out. And he saw my shoes, which these used to be, those are those, like, shoes, the shiny ones I used to have that had all the colors all over. Like, now they're kind of faded or whatever. So, the red's faded into, like, pink, you know, as it would. And he's like, what are you doing? You got pink on your shoes. Oh, and I'm just like, I'm like, I'm like, yeah, they're a little faded or whatever. And he's like, it's pink on your shoes. And I'm like, yes. <laughs> and he's like, he's like, I just wanted to imagine a man who won't wear pink on his shoes. That's pink on your shoes. And I'm like, yeah, it's pink on my shoes. Okay. And he's like, he's like, you like that? And I was like, I like the color. I like many colors. Oh, you're gay. Yeah. <laughs> no. And he was just like, he's like, well, that just ain't the that just ain't the answer I was looking for, and it's just <laughs> what like a weird thing it's to like say. first of all, <laughs> are you that incredible? I wish I would have. I, I thought about this later. I wish I would have turned. You always to him think been the like, best answers after. I know it that's the problem. But then I wish I would have turned and been like, been like, what man, pussy's pink. You don't like pussy, <laughs> right? Like exactly. you know, just like did like turn around at him. But I don't care. I was just like, it was funny enough to sit there and be like say that to him, and then be silent and listen to him talking to himself about how much he didn't like me because I was wearing <laughs> that pink on my shoe. But he's like, here's the thing. Are you 
Because I always just assume that anybody who's like, um, who's like that is probably either closeted gay. Right. Or like completely just wants to act like the most heterosexual person because they can't come to terms with the fact that they don't, they, they don't hate gay people, you know? But they hate the fact that women don't like them. Yeah. Oh, God. Yeah, absolutely. Because it's like we've talked about before. Those are the guys that are like, well, I don't care if you're gay, I guess. Just don't touch me. As if, like, every homosexual yeah. is this raving rapist. Yeah. That, like, those guys don't want to have sex with No. Them. No, no. But also, just this like women don't this, want to have sex with them. This comic world that I picture these guys in their head, like the Mexicans that picture, well, every gay guy basically puts on a pink scarf, yeah. bleaches their tips, and walks around touching my ass. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, what is pink, like, what is color have to do with sexual preference i don't know like are we in like the 1910s like guys don't wear pink you wear blue yeah girls wear pink and, and they that, cook besides that wouldn't they then call you gay for wearing blue though because technically like blue is like kind of a neutral color you know it's a it's a lighter color right it's the same thing as like if you like i always think it's funny because they wear like super bright yellow shirts yeah not because they have to but because that's what the person who was like their president of their union like made and they fucking hate it Right. Like they act like it's the worst color in the world, and it's like, it's like why? It's a color. Who gives a shit? Like, what, man, if it ain't black, and that's it, man. I just wear black stuff all I the wear time. Wear black and brown, and I wear Doc Martens. Yeah, I don't know. I don't oh, understand man. it, but yeah. So that happened. That was the thing that happened. I like me. that. I like that. I like that. I love the fantasy world that very racist or horrible, bigoted people live in, mm-hmm. where I picture everything in their head as a cartoon. Like, there's no gray area. It's like, oh, no. man are men, we wear black, and we have sex with women. Yeah. Gay guys wear pink, and they don't touch me. They better <laughs> not touch me. Well, they're the same and... They're the same people who would be like, like, it's the guy, like, I always think of, and I always, like, I use this example all the time. It's like the guy who, who like, says, like, oh, I let her suck my dick. Yep, exactly. And it's like... <laughs> She doesn't want to. And then he'd be like, it's because she's a fucking dyke, man. You know, like, it's like, it's never them. It's always someone else. Like, and they're always trying, like, their best to, like, make somebody feel like shit. It's so true, though. It's 100% true. (laughs) I don't really have any good stories, but I'd have an epiphany. We can move into some video game talk right now, which we talk about sometimes. But new systems on the horizon, which is an exciting time. Your PS4 is Friday. Thursday night, and I'll be getting one. And oh, you finally secured one? I did, and I'm getting one Thursday night at midnight, a PS4. I'm excited. I'll probably get an Xbox One in January. I'm excited. Yeah. I have a Wii U, and it sucks. Yeah, it's But terrible. I got it because I want to give it a chance. And this goes to my epiphany as I was driving home from tour. It was like 3 o'clock in the morning. I was listening to some video game podcasts. And people are so fanboyed back and forth about these arguments of, well, PC is the best because of this, or Xbox is 720, or, you know, PS3 is 1080. And I finally realized why it annoys me is that if we're all video game lovers, which you and I are, and Mm -hmm. so are these people, it's fine to debate, but why can't you just be happy that new video games are coming out? Yeah, no, I agree. Like, I'm excited because I got a Wii U because I was excited. And it sucks, and I'm going to trade it in towards my PS4 on Thursday yeah, night. Yeah. But at least I tried it. Not that everyone needs to do that. It's not like I think you have to own it to criticize it. It's just that Nintendo, I've realized, really, truly is still in the dark ages. Oh, yeah, When it comes absolutely. to video game systems, yeah, unfortunately. They're really far behind. But I got a Wii U, and Mario was awesome, and the Lego game was awesome, and unfortunately, that's it. And yeah. I have no need for the system. But I, I tried it, and I realized it's like, people have to fanboy. And it's like, okay, I think PS2 was better than Xbox One. I think Xbox 360 was far superior to PS3. Mm-hmm. And in the new generation, I don't know which one I think will be better, but I'm going to get a PS4 on Thursday. I'm going to get an Xbox One. 
And, you know, new generations of video games only come out, like, every eight years. Yeah. I'm just excited to have new video games. Yeah, I know. Me too. And people can't comprehend that. Like, no, you got – I mean, this one looks better than that one. I'm like, you know what? I I can't wait to see what Naughty Dog brings out on PS4. Mm-hmm. I can't wait to see, you know, Dead Rising 3 on Xbox. Like, there's tons of cool games for both systems. And I realized when people ask me which one I want more, I don't know. I just want new video games. I'll be honest with you. I don't care which one. I would take any of them. Especially yeah. if somebody gave me one for free. I would yeah. be like, oh, this is the greatest thing that's yeah. ever happened like, to me. People have to be so biased. And it comes back to me personally. When people argue iPhone or Android, I'm like, who cares? Just get whatever you want. No, I don't care it at all. It doesn't like, matter. Does it work? And is it okay? Like, does it work? And does it serve the purposes I need it for? And people have argued with me. I have an iPhone now. And I will say right now, I like my iPhone because it's never messed up. Yeah. That being said, I actually do like Android OS better. Yeah. In theory, it just never worked for me as well yeah, as I wanted it, it to. Yeah, it crashes. A I mean, it has like crashes on like apps a lot. It and does, like, you know. But I mean, I don't know. They're they're different, but they're also very similar. So it's not they like are. it's not like you're missing anything one way or the other. Uh, I don't know. It's a stupid argument, but I do. I mean, I prefer. It's fine to have a preference. You yeah, don't need no, to call somebody fine. a fucking idiot because yeah. of it. Like I, I prefer PC gaming. Only because you have so much control over the things that go into your absolutely your system, and the graphics will always look better. Yeah, they will. And that's, that's fine, you know. But I also like console gaming because I prefer playing with a controller. I know that sounds like an idiot to everyone it else. It doesn't because but... people always are like, "Ooh, playing with a keyboard and mouse is the greatest way to control things." It's like not to me. Intuitively, no, I you're wrong. Holding a controller. No, sorry, sorry, you're wrong. Yeah, but people act like that. They're yeah. like, "Yo, you're stupid. no, you're a fucking idiot." Uh, <laughs> clearly, it's better than playing with. And a... that's just it. Is the reason I said is I. PC gaming, in some ways, is definitely superior, mm. but in some ways it's not because sometimes I just like to have a controller lounging back on my couch on my big screen TV. So well, you could do it with PC. If I want to hook a bunch of shit up and play it online, it's not as easy. I like just having like the PlayStation or Xbox yeah. Live. So it's just plus and minus, but that's my whole point. Is if you really love video games, why aren't you just excited there's a whole new generation? Like, yeah, no shit, because I'm here's the thing is that if PC gamers are exci- – like, they're all pissy because like the consoles or whatever – don't what they should be focusing on is that they're about to get the next best generation of graphics exactly. that they can then put new video cards in their system because everybody who's a PC gamer gets really fucking excited about buying new components. So they should be really happy that like, you know, uh, that Call of Duty Ghosts came out and Battlefield 4 came out because now they can show off how much better it does look right. than the new systems even. But even then, Everybody should be excited because now there's new games coming out and exactly. there'll be cooler games and like all kinds of stuff. I prefer PC gaming only because I really like indie games a lot. Right. And they're cheap. I don't really play a lot of AAA games on my PC because A, I don't feel like investing the amount of money, even though yeah. eventually I will probably. <laughs> right. And B, I just prefer playing with a fucking controller. Me like, too. I just and like I just it. like having my friends on there on my yeah. headset. And that's what I mean. I'm going to go midnight on Thursday and obviously I'll talk about it next week because I'll have it. When we do this, but Thursday night at midnight, I'm going to go wait in the cold and get a PS4. I'm very excited. I'm going to really clean up my house because I'm weird and I'm getting a new video game system. I game. do the same I like thing. to have my area. I'm going to make a spot for it, and that's nerdy, and that's fine. I can't wait. And maybe not right away over December, but by January, I'm probably going to get an Xbox One, and I'm excited for both of them. And I play PC games all the time. I just got No More Room in Hell on Steam. Mm-hmm. It's free right now. Yeah. It's been fun. Like, I just like video games. And people instantly just want to talk shit about everything. Like I was reading online, they're like, well, PS4 and Xbox One don't even look as good as I thought they would. And I'm like, they're just coming out. Yeah. What you have do to you realize that expect? every game you see right now that I think people don't think of coming out on PS4 or Xbox One 
is also being made for 360 and PS3. Yeah. Obviously, it's the same as people like look in when... rose-colored glasses. If you want to look at the PS4 and Xbox One launch yeah. and tell me it's not double as good as 360 and PS3. Oh, it's a billion Those times. Those systems launch yeah. games were shit. Yeah, they were terrible. They're amazing now. But I'm like, wait until a year from now if we're going to judge the PS4 or Xbox yeah. One. Because wait until they're only making games for that specifically. I mean, wait until... What were the 360 launch games? What, Perfect Dark? Mm, yeah, that Call, game was a Call of Duty 2, which was just a PC port. <laughs> yeah. Like, uh, I don't even remember, like an NBA game, but there's always an NBA game or a something like launch. that. A system launch. It's a system launch. Yeah. It People isn't like... Still developing like I could understand. It. I could understand if, if the way they were launching the system wasn't with, like games that are established wasn't with like call of duty and stuff like that like if they were launching okay if ps4 was launching with a new uncharted and 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 uh xbox is launching with a new halo i can understand people judging it harshly because they'd yeah. be like why the fuck doesn't this look better because this is like the big flagship but they're not dumb enough to do but that for the yeah, same reason they're not yeah. doing it it's not but even then if you watch those comparison videos of the of uh call of duty on ps4 and call of duty on ps3 it's fucking night and day. There's oh, yeah. no difference about what you know is going on, but I don't know. It, it, it but also it's stupid because Xbox and uh, PS, Xbox 360 and PS3 are still awesome. They still have a ton of games that I never got to play that I will probably be buying because they're going to exactly. be like twelve dollars now. Yeah, and I, I'm just excited about a new video game system. People. Have to look into everything though. Can't just be excited to say, "Well, technically speaking, 1080p." And I'm not saying there's anything wrong with that. I want games to look as good as they can, yeah. and I want games to be good. But even then, it's like I'll put it this way: every year, I tell myself I don't care about the new Call of Duty, and I end up buying it, and I regret it. I got Black Ops Two. It's not that it's bad. I just realized I don't care anymore. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not gonna get the new Call of Duty with my no. PS4. But even then, I'm not gonna be like, "Fuck those games." They're just That's not for me anymore. Like, uh, I realize they're not for me anymore. Yeah. Maybe one day if they actually bring something new, but for right now I don't care about the new Call of Duty. Well, it's like what's not interesting to me. No, and all it is is just—I mean, it's essentially just like it's the same reason I don't buy Madden games. Yeah, because I don't like football, but because I don't like those games very much. They're not. I'm the same. They don't offer I love anything new to me. Like every year, they're basically the same, just new rosters or whatever. Absolutely. Why don't you just release one and then <laughs> release new rosters every year? And then release another one five years down the road. Right. Because you're not changing things that much without with except every five years they redo the engine and whatever. But as people are so entitled, that's the thing. I'm over Call of Duty. They still sell millions. I'm and here's the two attitudes I hate. And did you actually watch any gamer documentary on Netflix? No, I didn't I didn't watch it. Is that it. what it's called? Yeah, yeah. I loved it and it was great. And I think anyone should watch it. It's on Netflix. It's great. And it follows around the people that made Fez, the guy that did people that made Super Meat Boy. And oh, and Jonathan Blow and that Braid, made, uh, Braid yeah. which I like all those games. But here's the thing that pissed me off, actually, and I'll just go ahead and say it: is the two guys that made Super Meat Boy seem such douchebaggy in that movie to me. And this is coming from somebody who doesn't like Call of Duty anymore. I'm not gonna buy Ghost. I don't give a shit about it. But they literally say they're like, "Well, I guess people have a need for games like Halo and Call of Duty, but we're making games for people that are beyond that, or something on that line." That was just like, which is funny. You made a game that's basically a Mario ripoff type game with a blob of meat, and I love it. But to have that attitude where it's just like people are so entitled, it's like just because I don't care about the new Call of Duty, it's not like I'm like they shouldn't make them. Yeah, no, <laughs> like, I people agree. People like completely. them. Who cares? It would Why be the same. It's so like, much. It's like it's like, but aren't you got like you kind of want to like? Ask them like, "What aren't you making a Super Meat Boy two? 
Right. Isn't that the same fucking thing? And also, like, out of those three games, Super Meat Boy is by far the least impressive. Oh, yeah. It's, I mean, it it's was a good fun. Game, I liked but it. It's not I bought great. it. It's not amazing by any chance. And, by any and that's a problem with these indie gamers. And the most thing that annoyed me more than anything that makes me want to stand up for games like Call of Duty just because they're not pretentious, at least, is there an interview with the guy that made Angry Birds? I'm, I got the number wrong. It's 0419. Oh, okay. Well, we'll do that in a second. Yeah. Um, Sorry, I'll cut that part. Um. Yeah, I was what gonna. Is, uh, Angry Birds. What? I read an interview with the guy that created Angry Birds, and when Angry Birds came out, I got it for my phone, and I like it. It's a good game. Yeah. It's solid. I why people buy it on Xbox or something blows my mind. It's a phone game. Doesn't need to be anything more, but whatever. And I read an interview with him where he basically said, "What we're doing is a wave of the future. Console gaming is dying." And I, this is about a year ago. That's weird because when Call of Duty Black Ops 2 came out, it set world records of media. And I'm just saying, console gaming is not dying. Why can't you just be happy your game did well? People have because to act, they, act so pretentious and entitled about everything. Because it's the same thing as like when anybody does... Because they think... like It's the same as when... like uh, What was it? EA thought that microtransactions were the way of the future. Yeah. That traditional gaming and physical media... And all that is dying. I'll agree that physical media is dying pretty soon. I'd imagine this generation you'll see a lot of things where every game is available day one digital or in the store. One of the two. I agree with that. And then I think by next generation, you will probably never see another disc. I agree. Like aside from movies and stuff like that. Or if you want to go rent it, they'll probably just turn into rental only things, you know? Yeah. Like Redbox will have that. Um or, you know, any of those things. But I think that that technology is coming to bear and coming to bear, like, quickly. I agree with but that. But I don't think that in console gaming by any means will ever die. That's like no. saying, like, like people who make movies will go away because one time someone drew... You know, people who thought that back in, like, the 30s and whatever when animation became a thing. They're like, oh, God, movies will... Like, live-action movies. We'll, yeah. we'll never have those again. We'll only have now cartoons. You can, yeah, now you can draw whatever you want. <laughs> or when people saw, like... How, you know, like how like Pixar was doing things and stuff, and they thought like, oh god, you have all this computer animation. We'll never have actors again. And it's like, <laughs> no, that's never going to happen. Right. There are separate things. People like different stuff. That's I, just how I've it actually is. heard people say that like now because YouTube, you can watch bands concerts. Like it's gonna hurt bands, and they're not gonna be able to tour. It's like no, no, that's not even. I watch a lot of live f- concerts on YouTube. People but. are the fucking worst reactionary shit, and that's the biggest problem with like. The entertainment industry in general is like when you think about the music industry and the movie industry, the way that they they deal with piracy. The reason it's so backwards is because they listen to people saying that shit. Exactly. Like if if they didn't listen to people and they would change with the times, which they're slowly starting to do, where they release everything digitally and on physical media if they need to the same day, you would never have a problem with piracy again because people by and large will buy it. As long as it's a fair price. Right. Whereas when they did that shit uh, like two years ago, before the uh, the the before the preview thing, like um, like on demand, they started they start they've started selling movies that are going to be in theaters in a couple of weeks, on and demand then they early. release them in theaters. Right. Well, a couple of years ago, when they first tried it with a major release. It was the first of all the worst movie that nobody wanted to see. What was it? Tower Heist. Oh, God. the Eddie Murphy movie <laughs> yeah, directed it. by Brett Ratner. <laughs> nobody wants to see that fucking movie. Right. But what they tried to do is they were like, "Well, this is a trip. This is a big release for us. It's going to be a big film. We got we're releasing it 
on uh, day one on on demand and in theaters. But the way it released it on on demand was you got one viewing of it, um, and it was seventy dollars. What? Yeah, it was seventy dollars. One viewing of it. That was it. So if you wanted to watch it again, you had to pay another seventy dollars. Seventy dollars? Yeah, because they were saying their rationale was that like, well, this is a big movie. It's a big movie star. Whatever. We need to charge something for it. It's an event that we're doing this. Nobody fucking paid that. Nobody no. bought it. And you know why? It's because you would have to get what eight people together. Eight people miraculously who wanted to see Tower Heist together. I don't know to come to your house and pay like you know ten dollars a piece. Outside of Eddie Murphy's family, I don't. Think yeah, you're gonna find. I don't even think Eddie Murphy's family wants. I don't know if Eddie Murphy wanted to see that movie. I don't even after know if Eddie Murphy out. has a family. Honestly, and did he watch that movie after it was made? Because that movie looked awful. No, he probably cashed the check and fucking went on with it. You yeah. know, like. But that's the thing is, but now you've seen it like in the last two years evolve to where it's like it's like shit goes to the theaters and it comes to on demand like really fucking fast. Yeah, it or does. shit comes to on demand and then is in the theaters and like you can watch it however you feel like it. And, and the piracy is not even as bad as it used to be at that point. Like, yes, people are going to pirate it a lot more, but how many people are actually downloading it? There's going to be a lot more people who are going to pay the uh, six ninety nine, $9.99 price because then they don't have to spend 50 fucking dollars to go out to a theater. Downloading you know? has just become a part of our culture. Yeah. And I always say it like this. Mixtapes, the band that I'm in, the first album we put out was called Maps. Mm. Three and a half years ago, we put it out for free. Oh. Someone's oh. calling. Oh, we got a call. Hello. 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 Hey. Hey, Kamal. What? What's up, guys? Um, I actually had you call because I had a question, and we wanted to test okay. uh, the new call-in feature on the podcast. Okay. So, uh, Kamal, how are you today? I'm doing great. How are you guys? I'm good. I logged into my Spotify and saw that I had an inbox song that you sent me called "What Do You Want" by Lady Gaga. Oh, is that the R. Kelly one? Yes. Oh, why did you send me that? Just because I thought you would think an R. Kelly song would be funny no matter what he said in it. Oh, it's an R. Kelly song. Well, it's Lady yeah, Gaga. It's, well, it's, it's on Lady Gaga's new album, but it features R. Kelly, which is just ridiculous all on its own. Okay, no, now I'm interested. I'll listen to it on the way home. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he's got a verse on there, so it's, it's good enough to at least listen to. Um, Kamal, do you have any good stories or anything that happened to you at work today? Kamal used to be in mixtapes, now he's not in the band because he takes videos of girls in bikinis. That does happen. And that's not, um, that's not a joke. I filmed girls that it looks like Fergie. Fergie? Did she pee like on herself? That's, I was hoping she wouldn't because I used a light backdrop. But <laughs> Why did you give me a weird like look, Justin? That wasn't like a weird sexual thing. She did that. That was her big thing, remember? Peeing on herself? Oh, it wasn't, it wasn't a sexual thing. No, it was, she was, they like got to a venue and like they didn't have time to use the bathroom or anything. Like they had to run on stage because they were already late and she just pissed herself on stage. Like she doesn't deny it at all. I think that everybody could have waited to see the black-eyed peas. Now, here's the thing about Kamal. Know, is he'll tell you. Late, you could have, like, there's a picture of it online. Okay, here's the thing, though. Kamal will tell you that he likes the old black-eyed peas. Oh, yeah. <laughs> what? Before she was in the band, they were actually really good. No, they weren't, Kamal. Oh, they had, like, some good songs and stuff back then, but, but I still feel like you like the new black-eyed peas, Kamal. I don't care what anybody says. <laughs> I'll even I'll even say uh, Will I Am's first album was awesome. Come on, stop. I will stand by this. Did you think Will I Am in uh, um, X Men Origins Wolverine was awesome? <laughs> <laughs> I did not. <laughs> you didn't oh. think his cool I... hat was awesome in that movie? Listen, at one point, Will I Am 
was focused on making good music. Now he's just focused on like doing what sells, and he's smart about it. Like he used to be a really good producer, but now he's just like, I know exactly what's going to make me a million dollars, and does it. Well, I want Will Am to give me a million He was actually dollars. a really good producer, and had some good stuff on his own. What do you think we need to do to get Will I Am to give me a million dollars? To give you a million dollars? Yeah. Oh well, I think you start showing your tits some more. Okay. I think he might be interested. If you start dressing like a robot or saying you're a monster, maybe. Okay. And he basically do anything that Nicki Minaj does, and I think he'll be interested. Okay, I'm going to start working on that. All right, so, well, I mean, dye your hair. You already got that down. Say, start saying you're a monster. You got it down. Start a fake accent. You got that down. Okay. You know. Oh, should I ask Kamal the question of the week? Yeah, you should actually. Kamal, do you want to be involved in the question of the week today on Big Snackers? Absolutely. Make it good, though, okay? These people that listen to our podcast don't want boring bullshit, come on. <laughs> yeah. Just because you got all that Cincinnati chili money to fall back on doesn't mean you don't owe us some entertainment. It's true. <laughs> all right. I still perform. All right, you can still perform. So uh, go ahead. Give Kamal a question of the week. Let's let's discuss. All right, Kamal. Since this is a pop culture con- uh, po- conquest podcast. It's a, I don't know what we're conquesting exactly. Well, we're kind of conquesting. <laughs> Um, no, hold on. What are we kind of conquesting? Podcasting. We're trying to take over all the other podcasts? Yeah. Like to bend them over? Yeah. Mm. I do it to Chris Hardwick. <laughs> oh, I, yeah, Chris Hardwick's a good looking guy. No, I just do it because I think he's annoying. <laughs> <laughs> I'd really like to fuck him. Oh. He's a cub. He what? is. He is a little cub, and I'm a big bear. I'm going to cuddle him up. Um. Uh, anyways, let's move on to the question. Kamal, since we're a pop culture podcast, I try and find one thing that happened in the news during the week that uh, I like. I would like to ask our guests about. So here's the uh, question: uh, Be real from Cypress Hill said this week that Cypress Hill is working on a new album. <laughs> Do you care? <laughs> if you would have asked me, I would have said they broke up already. Right. Exactly. Not only that, I didn't th- know there was still a band. Is there a market for Cypress Hill in 2013? No, that's what you don't understand, Kamal. Is there not a band? They're getting back together and recording a new album. But the question is. Oh, so I, I, I did know something about that. Yeah, yeah. I would have either said they were already broken up or that they've been making music and I just didn't know about it. Yeah, no, no. They're not, they're so, not, uh, they're not like the, they're not like Hanson or something like that. They're, uh, uh they've been well broken up. <laughs> either way, I don't care. Well, what, when was the last time Cypress Hill had a hit song? It's not. In the oh no no, it was uh, the that rock star song or whatever. Oh yeah, that's right, like early two thousands. Oh, probably. Yeah. That's Except still that, been like what, almost ten years. Yeah, but that doesn't even that does does that even count because isn't it just a chorus and then a bunch of samples of rappers <laughs> talking about what it's like to be a rapper? <laughs> yeah, that doesn't that's like kid rock level single. Okay, don't you bag on Chris oh, no. Rock. I'm Chris I'm Rock not bad now, but every <laughs> single is about how he's back or how he's a badass. Okay, and and yeah, I meant Kid Rock. I don't know why I said Chris Rock. <laughs> you can bag on Chris Rock. On that level. Do you remember when Chris where... Rock had that cartoon show recently? Oh, uh, no. What? Oh, never, never mind. What do you mean that Chris Rock had a cartoon might show? Might have been a dream I had. Um, but what was what was this cartoon show? It was like him as a kid. It was called like Lil Chris. Oh, well, yeah, I Is vaguely that real? remember. I was, I was, yeah, I vaguely remember. It. I was confusing it with that PBS show that was based on Bill Cosby's life called Lil Bill. Oh, and stop. it's really, really creepy. Oh, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Have you seen that, Kamal? Yeah, it was like Nickelodeon. Yeah, it's really fucking weird. 
Because you know how, like, we oh, hate yeah. those bit strips things? No, bit strips are bad. That show looked like animated bit strips. And, like, Bill Cosby, apparently, when he was a child, was, like, a vacant-eyed, like, half-handicapped, <laughs> like, sort of maybe having a stroke child that talked like this all the time. Oh, oh yeah. He looked, he looked, like, way too big in the cartoon to be, like, as adolescent as he was. Yeah, exactly. I agree. I don't understand any of that show. Although, speaking of which, <laughs> Justin knows I actually do a good Bill Cosby impression. Yeah, you want to hear it? Yeah, yeah. Hey, do you guys want some pudding? Oh, my God. It was a, I, I thought he was on the show. Yeah, See, he, yeah there you go. Yeah, he, more or less just walked in the room. Justin always bags on me because he says I have terrible impressions. Yeah, they're really bad. They're not all bad. This is what you just <laughs> you said want- to Kamal. Hey, guys, do you want some pudding? No, you just sounded like Robin Williams as Mrs. Doubtfire. <laughs> no, what the You don't get to dance you because want... you said that. Oh. Yeah, I danced. Um, I have a Do Donald you want to Duck hear my one. impression of a middle-aged female stand-up comic? Yes, <laughs> it's pretty good. You ready for it? Yeah. Oh my god! Come on, we're gonna hang up on you now. I'll see you in my basement on Thursday. Yeah, I'll be there. Bye, right. come on. Bye. All right, see you guys. Bye. Uh, so, main point after all these interruptions and people being elitists and having to just have a reason to complain, I'm going to get a PS4 on Thursday at midnight, and I'm excited. Yeah. And there's new video games, and I'm excited. Can I point something out about what just happened? Yeah. Kamal said that he wasn't, like, interested at all in a new Cypress Hill album. Yeah. And yet, he said the first Will I Am album was really good. I'll tell you a few things about Kamal. I've been in bands with Kamal for years. Kamal has horrible taste in music. Yeah, clearly. But he likes some good stuff, too. So, anyways, um, yeah, that's going to segue into... Well, what type of guy would you say he is? Kamal is Middle Eastern, so terrorist. Oh, yeah. Well, mm-hmm. I heard about coming over here, blowing shit First up. First of all, how... 9-11, 9-11. <laughs> how does Kamal have a job taking pictures of bikinis? Shouldn't he be like an IT guy, right? Yeah, I know, man. I've seen, like, <laughs> movies about that shit. Mm-hmm. Off in space. That guy gets mad at the fax machine. That's what Kamal should be doing. That's what it looks like. <laughs> Come on. But uh, have you played GTA Online? Uh, I played it briefly... And I didn't like it at all because it had too many problems. And then I uh, sold I sold it to someone for uh, sixty bucks. So I wasn't really someone bought a used copy of a game yeah. for sixty dollars. Well, this is the thing: is he never had an Xbox or anything before, so he got it. And then uh, you can just easily fool people into. Does he? So he didn't realize he could just get a new one for sixty. Tell you bucks. what, not a Jewish guy. That's what I'll say about <laughs> mm-hmm. him. I'm not racist. I just hate Jews. <laughs> um, I'm just gonna say I've I've been gone for the last five weeks, so I just started playing GTA the last few days online. So they fixed most of the bugs. I think that they had an idea that would be amazing, but it's too overly ambitious. Yeah. To do as a side game, it has to be its own game, and I think a GTA Online would be amazing in the future, but. It's just too much what they wanted to do to make it a side thing from the game. Well, like, um, yeah, it's it, it's too disjointed, and all the stuff they said in those trailers and stuff, it doesn't work. It doesn't, like, none yeah. of it really makes any sense. Like, it's very much like a mishmash of, like, all the things they said would happen, but it's like you'll... Like, you can see that they tried to implement the thing they said would happen in the in this in yeah. the multiplayer, but then when you go to do it, it just turns into the same thing that you figured it would... Where it's like, oh, everybody's just going to shoot each other in the head. You yeah. can't really make your own missions, but they kind of make it seem like you can. 
You know, like I don't know. Everything it's about too much it. Hand holding. The problem I think yeah in GTA Online is everything is a good idea. Mm-hmm. But it's just too much to carry out. But even a company like Rockstar, it's too much. It has to be its own game. There needs to be a GTA Online. Yeah. Need to be one, and it would be incredible if they balanced it right. But uh, honestly, I would be fine with them. And I, excuse me. And I know this is going to sound really stupid, but you know that game Disney Infinity. Yeah, it looked amazing. Oh, it's an incredible game. It got really but that good game, reviews. like, you can literally, like, make whatever you want to and do whatever you want to. It's kind of like what they wanted to do with LEGO Universe Online, but they actually succeeded because Disney has unlimited money to do yeah, these that's things. true. But this is what they should do, is GTA or Rockstar should take that model and apply it to a GTA Online. I agree. And they would make more money than anyone has ever made because everybody <laughs> wants that. I would buy it in a heartbeat. Yeah. I'll put 60 bucks down right yeah. now. I agree with that. Like, if you so. could build, like, think this, like, you could build your own building and, like, create your own mission with, like, different waypoints and different things that happen. Incredible. Like, I would spend all my, it'd be like Minecraft only with GTA. We would like, probably stop this podcast because we would just be playing all Yeah, the time. I don't think I would ever we do would this just play again. online. Yeah. But, okay. But from video games, basically, my point is I'm excited to have a PS4 next week. I'll review it, I guess. Yeah. But I guess, you know, our duty is we'll play Xbox One and PS4, and I will give my opinion on which one I think is better. If people only want to buy one and give my opinion on the podcast, but mm. I don't have an anticipation. That's the problem. I don't need one. No. I just want to play them both. Yeah. And I agree. One probably will be better than the other, but time will tell. Yeah, and but then, time will tell over the years. Yeah, exactly. It's not even it's like not launch be, day. Yeah. You can get a PS4, and then next month get an Xbox One, but this one's better. Who it's knows? not going to be <laughs> until like, what, probably seven years from now where you'll really be able to tell Look back which and one. See which one had the games. Yeah. But, um, which segue into what Kamal was talking about, about music. Uh, I think you said you did too. I listened to the entire new Eminem record. Yeah. Ugh. I'm sure if anybody wanted to, they could look at our Tumblr. I wrote, uh, I went track by track and gave my opinion of it. And most of my opinion was very, very negative. And I'll be honest. I really wanted to like the album. I heard the first single and I was like, this is kind of cool. At least he sounds kind of refreshed again. And I heard like calling Calling it Marshall Mathers LP two is very risky. Yeah, it was a stupid. Because you're going move. back to your classic album and saying this is the sequel. Nothing about it feels like a sequel that's not forced. No, the only thing that nothing. The only thing it sounds like is a continuation of someone who was twenty something years old making that album, who is now almost forty or maybe is he 40, is over forty. He's forty two, I think. And who is acting like a petulant fucking fifteen year old? Yeah, like it's it's one thing to be twenty two or whatever, or whatever, like late twenties. And make an album like that, and then in trying to deal with fame and everything that comes from it, to being a guy who's that old and making essentially the same thing. And you've been like, famous. You like, already deal oh, with girl, it. a girl, a girl broke up with me, and now I'm gonna say all this shit about her on this <laughs> yeah. album. Like, you know, oh, I, I, I'm gonna talk about stabbing her and stuff. And it's like you're 40. Yeah, quit. Act like an adult. <laughs> Rap about something that matters. You know what I mean? Right. And it's still, it's in every single track. There's a theme on that album, and every single track, the entire theme for that album is what has happened in my life and what is going on is everyone's fault with my own. Yep, I, can't, I agree. I can't deal with this fame. I can't deal with my demons. I can't deal with addiction. I can't deal with anything. Everything is everyone's fault. The fucking, one of the final tracks, the one about how his mom, his mom's like dying or whatever, yeah. like in real life his mom's dying, that's everyone else's fault but his. <laughs> right. He had nothing to do with that whatsoever, <laughs> did he? Not the stress caused by all the fucking shit that he said about her in the press and the fact that he sued her right. and did all this other shit. None of that has anything to do with him. It's all it's all someone else's fault. You know, someone else thought it was a good idea, so he went along with it. 
Well, yeah, starting from the beginning, um, I didn't read your thing on Tumblr yet because I just got home a couple days ago, so you can tell me if you agree, is making it through the whole album was a chore. Mm-hmm. But the way they started off, and I'll just say, the first song is the bad guy song. Mm-hmm. Which, which I don't understand okay. that track The first time at all. I listened to it, and I was like, what in the fuck is he rapping like this for? And then someone pointed out and said, well, you know, it's a sequel to Stan, and it's Stan's little brother. So he's genius because he's purposely rapping bad because he's acting like he's that kid, and then he gets better and better with the song, which he does. But here's the problem with that. Is that that actually is a clever idea? Although I don't ever need a sequel to Stan. Yeah. But you started your album off with rapping the, horribly. Yeah. With no intro. There's not an intro to the album, and no explanation. And that song goes straight into a skit, which is nothing. No, where he shoots it's like a gunshot in the parking lot. I guess. And then, so the the I don't like the bad guy song either way. But making it track one, it should have clearly just been in the middle of the album. Well, plus the fact that here's the thing: if that, if that skit was supposed to be a continuation of the song, like where he gets out of the car or something right. and is running, it doesn't make any sense because he has that entire part where he's it's supposed like the thing we talked about last time, which is supposed to be like the apology for right. acting like a dick his whole life, right? Which isn't an apology at all. No, but it's not. <laughs> it doesn't fade into that, even though that is technically the beginning of the next part. Right. He really should have made that a separate song because. I don't know. I don't know who sequenced this album. I don't know if he did it. The sequencing or... makes it literally five times worse of an album. Mm-hmm. That bad guy song being track one is literally mind blowing to me. Yeah. It's like I literally was like, did someone make a mistake at the plant? This can't be the first song. No. And I think the depressing thing here is, and I think you'll agree with me. I'm not really sure. Is that I still think talent wise, Eminem is one of the best rappers of all time. Yeah. He has it in him. Mm-hmm. But Marshall Mather- Mathers LP two to me just sounds like a super confused, insecure Eminem. Who's coming back and pretending that he's very secure and yeah. got back his like juice that he had at the beginning. Yeah. But it's so fake sounding. I like that my sound favorite, real. My favorite is uh <clears throat> how he um constantly on this album talks about like how he's gonna murder other MCs and stuff, and it's like you know, if you were still the same person you used to be, you would just straight up call him out because you used to do it. But he won't now. No. And that's just it. He and I guarantee there's a billion people who would destroy him in a battle right now. Now, like, yes, I agree. And I still think he's an amazing rapper. He has nothing to talk about. And he, this is supposed to be like his comeback album. And they're not. it's not even as good as the Recovery and Relapse album. No. Which not weren't no, no, great. No, they weren't. And But they were fine compared to like what he was doing. They were more real at least. That. Is, that was actually him saying, I got addicted to these pills. I'm trying to be better. And, like, I can't fault somebody for what they rap about. Like, you can rap about whatever you want. But, yeah. man, it's so boring. Yeah, I think that's the like, biggest thing. I don't have a problem with the subject matter. I just wish it was more interesting. Yeah. Like, it's just not. And then, like, he drags other people onto his album. And it's like, it's like you have what are considered to be, like, he has, like, Kendrick Lamar on there. Who was considered right now to be one of the best rappers. I think he's super overrated. But I, I, I like Kendrick a lot. I like him too, but like honestly, like with all the hype around him, it's like come on. I mean, man, do I think no. his album is brilliant? Like some people know, but yeah. I like it. Yeah. Well, I mean, I like it, but it's it's the same thing as like, it, it's the same thing. I was say, actually I said this the other day to somebody. I was I was talking about. I was like, I was listening to that ASAP Rocky CD because I hadn't really listened to it all the way through. I love that record, but it's good. No, it's really <laughs> good. But my problem is, is like I I found myself liking the production more than I liked him, and yeah. The other thing is, is like, why, um, I don't, I just, I guess I just don't like things as much as I, as like everyone else does or something now. Like, I don't get, like, I don't understand the, 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 I mean, I understand the appeal, 
but I don't think that I like it as much as everyone tells me I should. I agree with that. I think a lot of that is a problem is, well, I think the ASAP Rocky album kind of, it makes complete sense that this song blew up because of who's on it and how catchy it is, but fucking Problems is a good song, Yeah. but it's nowhere near the best song on the record. I think Goldie is such a better single. I agree. Such a better song. Probably my favorite song on the record. And fucking problems because it had J- Drake and Two Chains, you know, it just like blew up, and he's kind of known for that. And it's yeah. nowhere near the best song on the album, but that happens all the time, yeah. not even in rap. I think even Wild for the Night would have been oh, a better Wild for the lead off single than that because it's a much better radio single. It is. Like, and ASAP Rocky, I think he knows what he is. He's not the most clever rapper. He's just got yeah. like his his attitude, and he's he does have good. some good punchlines though. I mean, he does. he's he's a good he's he a good rapper. He's a better showman. Like, yeah, I think ASAP Rocky. If you watch interviews, is a cool dude. Like he's. Yeah. I like his album a lot. I'm excited to see what he does next. But the problem is a lot of these people make singles and then get known for it. I mean, it's kind of like Fountains of Wayne. Yeah. Still probably one of my favorite bands. Yeah, me too. And if I tell people that, they say, oh, the Stacey's mom band. It's like, and it's no. like I bet the band hates that as much as I do mm-hmm. because they're such a good band and they're known for this joke song that was probably nothing to them. Yeah. And now they're cursed like... to play it the rest of their lives. And that's almost like fucking problems or a lot of these albums of these bands or rappers is they just get known for one thing. And it sucks. Yeah, no, I agree. I, I mean, I'm completely. sure you remember when uh, Stacey's mom came out, Fountains of Wayne got nominated for a Grammy best for Best New, new Artist. Yeah. It's their fourth record. <laughs> like, what are you talking about? Like, I remember that. Same AFI, Sing the Sorrow, got nominated for Best New Artist, which was more funny. They've been a band for like 12 years. And it's like, you're not recognized until you're famous, basically. We don't no, care, we don't care about they you. They don't give a shit. We don't care about that's you. A, I mean, that's what I think is funny about the whole new movement of, like, all these, like, bands are trying to foist on everybody that are, like, indie bands and stuff. Yeah. Like, when they took, like, Mumford & Sons and Fun and all this other stuff, is like, is like, what they're doing is if you just watch what's happening with, like, those bands and what they're trying to do is what they did was... That someone in the music industry was like, look, we could make a lot more money. We could make a lot more money by taking these smaller bands and giving them less than what other artists would ask or need yeah. and putting them out there and just letting them tour because a lot of those people in those bands came from bands that were big fucking, to- like not big touring bands, but bands that toured all the time because that's what they wanted to do. But brother... Mumford and Sons wears like suits, old timey oh, ones, and you they got, you got a banjo. Look, let me ask you one thing: you ever counted how many mandolins is in that band? <laughs> man, That's bad. They man. play shows on trains, man. <laughs> oh like my god, I love it, now. man. No, but like, but this is what they did: was like you could have watched it happen. Was all these bands, even like Foster the People and oh, like Young the Giant and like stop. all this kind of <laughs> shit? Well, this is what they did: was they took those bands, they plucked them out of obscurity, they put them on the radio, they yep. pushed the singles, but be- because that's what they wanted to do. And mm-hmm. now you have this entire thing that has been pushed in everyone's face so much that they they believe they, they think like that it. It's great. Yeah, I agree. They believe they like it, and it's like, no, I'm sorry. If you had heard Mumford and Sons and it wasn't on the radio, because a lot of people still listen to the radio, which I didn't understand and then didn't realize until recently. But if they had heard that... Have you outside, heard Imagine Dragons? Oh, fuck you. <laughs> but, they, but if these people had heard this band outside the context of the radio and the thing they're supposed to like, they never would have liked it. Ever. No, this I whole agree. fucking bullshit thing that we're going through right now with Mumford & Sons and Old oh. Crow Medicine Show and whatever other awful band that I could think of right now. Oh, uh, Edward Sharp and the Magnetic Zeros oh. and stuff like that. We would have avoided this whole thing. Justin, they the music wear industry. bow ties. Oh, fucking shit. And they like slick their hair back and they're like from the 20s. Yeah. But and now. they sing like they're a country band. Like, and they're not and they're bad and everything's horrible with that. 
But it's the thing. That's what they do is, like, they put it out there. It's the same reason why this Eminem CD will sell a million billion Darius, copies. number one. Yeah, number because one this week. Because everybody – because they put that – they put that lose – whatever that fucking song. I said lose yourself, even that's an old song. Berserk. Yeah, Berserk. They yeah. put that out there, and it's like, yeah, you had Rick Rubin produce your track with an old Beastie Boy – with a with with some – or not Beastie Boys, but with that, that Billy Squire sample using, like, the same production he would have used with the Beastie Boys. Yep. Of course you but it's got... it's, like, fresh to people now, but it's such a... Okay, here's the thing, actually. I, you might not like it. When I heard Berserk, I was kind of like, okay, I don't love this song, but no, it's fresh. fine with it. But the problem is, is that they use that as Eminem's, like, new image. It's the only song that sounds like that out of 20 songs on the record. Yeah. None of them sound like that. No. If, if Rick Rubin produced the entire new Eminem record and all the beats sound like that... I actually probably would have been cool, liked it better. Because it would have been completely different for yeah. Eminem. But they use that as, like, this gimmick for one song, and that... Like, I want to hear an Eminem album with Rick Rupert and produce the entire thing using old school beats and samples. I would have actually put pref- no. I would have actually preferred it if this is what would have happened. If he would have. If Eminem really wanted to rejuvenate his career and actually be something interesting to listen to, he should have gone out and he should have gotten the people who produce for, like, I mean, even like 2 Chains, Aesop Rocky. Even fucking Riff Raff, like Diplo and stuff like yeah. that, and A-Track. He should have gotten Clams Casino, yep. A-Track, Diplo, all these interesting people who do, like, I don't like them as solo artists, but fucking, they make amazing beats for rappers. Even get Skrillex, because his Wild for the Night, or Wild for the Night beat it's is great. awesome. Get them, and then challenge yourself to something. I agree. Instead, all you did was just make the same boring shit mm-hmm. you've been making for 20 years. But, but put it in a different package. Basically. Yeah, exactly. Which yeah. Berserk was the package because it was a way of saying because Berserk was only cool because it was very different from Eminem. Yeah, but it was. Only, it was the only, only song like that on the horror. That was the thing I think was funny about it was that I think that 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 single was the reason I was looking forward to the album because I heard it like two months ago or whatever. Right. And I was like, I was like, shit. If That's he's like cool. going like weird old school with this, yeah. this might be interesting. And he's been playing that live and bringing Rick Rubin out and like marking it like that's the whole album, but it's such. It's not. It's, it's fake. Not at all. It's, it's not how fucking, it is. No. But I mean. And then there's that Rap God song. Ugh, don't give me, It's like six minutes long. Yes, he does rap impressively on it, but about nothing. He's just no. rhyming words. Yeah. Like, old Eminem is he, cool. All he's doing is taking lines from other people's songs and adding them in to show that he knows things about rap music. I will never argue with anybody that Eminem has one of the best flows in history. Yeah. The problem is his first few records, he was so mad and poor and had something to say. He raps just as good now. Like, on Rap God, his actual rapping yeah, is, is impressive. Yeah. But he's not saying anything. No. There's no message. And th- this is the thing is that with when you have that sort of talent, when you're at the top of, like, how good you are at doing that, like, because he's undeniably good at rhyming things. He's he good at his rhyme schemes and everything. When you're that famous and you don't have anything, like, you can't challenge yourself, that's when you need to challenge yourself. He should have made this album a concept album and rap from the perspective of a poor person. Yes. To bring back, like, that mindset. Because, like, there's plenty of rappers out there who, like, you can hear that are still hungry for it. Like, even when they're older and, like, they do have a cemented place, there's still fucking people who are legendary rappers who could come back this day and be better than him because they have a more interesting take on what they're trying to do. Which is funny because I don't know if you'll agree, but I think if you ask me ten years ago for, like, Jay-Z or Nas better, I would probably say Jay-Z overall. Mm-hmm. But now it's like, I still think Nas's new albums are pretty good. Yeah. And Jay-Z is putting out, like, the most... We've talked about this on this podcast. Yeah. Jay-Z sounds so bored. He has nothing to talk about. He, well, Once he again, needs, he's an amazing rapper. He just needs to go back 
to being president of Rockefeller yeah. and then go back to listening to new artists yes. because he was way better when he had people you'd never heard of on his albums. Freeway? Yeah, Freeway. Amazing. Like, he was way better when you had people you'd never heard of on his albums yep. than when he didn't. When he had, like, when he does shit with Kanye and when he does this stuff on this newest album with, like, everyone who's famous now who has all this money. I don't think Jay-Z realized how out of touch he sounds. I remember, yeah. and I actually do love the Blueprint 3. He sounds like if but... Mr. Monopoly was a black guy rapping. <laughs> yeah. Like, you know what I mean? Like That is the best well, he, description uh, ever. I want to. I wish I knew his, like, personal email. I would email him and be like, will you please start calling yourself Black Mr. Monopoly? <laughs> <laughs> that, I'm going to start a rapper called Black Mr. Monopoly. <laughs> but you're right, and that's just it, is... I actually did love the Blueprint 3, and I think that's the last thing he did that was decent. But even that album, he sounds so out of was touch. Was that after the Black Album? I think so. Yeah, I want to say it was. That's yeah, the last it was, thing it he was, did. Yeah. And I do like that record. But even that being said, he still, you could tell, sounded so out of touch because Death of Autotune was his big song. Yeah, and that would be cool if he was making a real point. Yeah. Except then the album featured Kid Cudi, Drake, and, and Kanye. Kanye during his during the and, I'm like, and heartbreak phase. If you're gonna say it, at least fucking roll with it yeah. and be like, you know what, fuck all this stuff. I'm just here to rap. But then you put all these auto tune abusers. Yeah. You might as well just add T Pain on the record. What's the huh. difference? Kanye at that point was T Pain, but worse. Why isn't I'm, I wish. <laughs> Jay-Z would go hire, like, some really grimy fucking producer exactly. from, like, the Bronx. Like, I don't yeah. know. Like, I'm well, get, even get, like, like LP Kid and Killer Mero Mike. Or or like, yeah. Oh, God. I yeah. want LP to produce the next Jay-Z album. That'd Fuck, I would listen to that. Yeah. Because <laughs> Jay-Z, much like Eminem, is still so skillful. But he's bored. But he's not challenging he's got himself. Nothing. And he doesn't he doesn't reach out to the community that you know what I mean? Like yeah. that could help him become something better. Exactly. I, I don't know. And like the new Jay Z album was literally the most boring thing I've ever heard. Literally yeah. every song was about how much money he has. And I'm like, Okay, I yeah. I know you're rich. Yeah. I get that. You're right. It really is Mr. Monopoly oh. making a rap album. Hey, hey, do you have a child? Great. Oh, you got an airplane and a yacht? Hooray. Okay, cool. I saw that. 15 years ago in the yeah. Big Pimpin' video. Are you married to Beyonce? Oh. Everyone knows. She's got a big ass. I know yeah. that, too. Hooray. <laughs> I agree. Um, I actually don't want to cut out right now because I want to make it a little more creepy. So I'm going to go pee. Mm -hmm. And, Justin, you got to talk to these people while I go urinate. Oh, uh, okay. So you talk to them. Talk to them about your favorite memory of me. Oh, my favorite memory of you? Yeah. Okay. I'll All right. do that. I'll be right back. Where All is right. your bathroom? Uh, Never right there it. to the left. All right. One time, Ryan was in the parking lot of Burger King with our friend Ryan Whitcomb, and uh, they would always play this like weird version of Gay Chicken, only it wasn't Gay Chicken because nobody was ever flinching. So it was just them being actually openly gay, and they would like you know just kind of jack each other off sometimes. Uh, Ryan Whitcomb took a straw from Burger King and put it in Ryan's pee hole and blew really hard on it, and Ryan made the weirdest noise that kind of sounded like if a donkey got its dick caught in a bear trap but like really liked it and kind of wanted to laugh about it that's exactly what it sounded like so if you ever want to hear that from, come out of ryan's mouth just get a straw put it in his pee hole and blow as hard as you can and if you think that he won't let you you are completely incorrect and you must not know ryan very well because he will so just come up to him on tour uh when he's out there somewhere and uh, ask him if you can put a straw in his pee hole. So anyway, here he comes. Back to the thing. Back what, to the what microphone. What story did you tell? You'll have to listen and find out, I guess. <laughs> is um, it a good one? Yeah, it's a pretty good one. It actually is an interactive one that people might ask you about on tour because I told them to do a specific thing. No, please don't do that. Not, not. It's probably not. No, it's not your spot. I didn't tell them to like, try and 
grab that. Which okay, is good. Thing you hate. Good. I'm gonna go to the bathroom too, so you can uh, you can go ahead and tell a story if you want to. All right. Oh man, I can, hold on. Let me. All right, Justin's going to the bathroom. Good story about Justin. Um. Well, Justin's done a lot of weird things in his day. Um, he always finds the weirdest things online, and we'll send them to me. We've talked about it before, and not necessarily even like offensive things but just in general but i remember one time uh justin found a website called blow to burst which was a website where girls in bikinis and never nude but just girls in bikinis you could watch videos of them sitting on balloons until they pop and i would like to think it still exists so check out blow to burst it's probably not as good as his story i i was kind of on the spot right there but I'm going to think of a good one, and I'm going to tell it next week. But, uh, yeah. I'm sitting here in Justin's kitchen, though, and I will say that he has a little thing he made, like, in a shoebox that looks like it's a bunch of toy dinosaurs sitting in an office with a Coke machine and snacks and stuff. And there's a Coke machine, a snack machine, a stegosaurus, a rap. Justin? Yeah. What is this? That is, uh, it's when uh, I was making flyers for my show. I had at Mayday. Yeah, it's it's like the break room at my work, and it's dinosaurs dressed up like the guys at my work. Oh, what made you think to do that? I don't know. Just wanted to do it. <laughs> That's creepy. Yeah, a little bit. But my the story about you cool. wasn't really that good. But I just was well, on I the guess spot. I'll, I guess I'll find out. Yeah, you will. <laughs> um, so, I know you had a news headline we were going to talk about, speaking of the rap world. Oh, yeah. So, um, which one do you want first? Let's go with DMX. Uh, Always entertaining. <laughs> DMX got arrested again for driving a car without a license. <sighs> and then uh, I believe that the uh, New York City judge denied his uh, request for like parole or something like that. I can't really remember exactly what happened with that, but I know that he got arrested again for <laughs> not for driving on oh, a suspended man. license, which it's like, why doesn't he just quit doing stuff like that? Why doesn't he make like a comeback CD? Everybody, I know people would want to work with him. They do want it. And not, what's funny is if you need a better reason not to do hard drugs, I don't know if people out here realize what DMX originally got arrested for. Yeah. He drove an SUV into an airport, like through the glass, mm -hmm. was found with machine guns in the back, yep. and was so high on whatever he, I don't know what drugs he does, but that when he almost got arrested, he tried to tell the police that he was in the FBI. <laughs> <laughs> Which, granted, does kind of make him the coolest guy of all time. Yeah, I mean, honestly. Because that's literally not <laughs> real. Like, it just sounds like some out of a movie. But he did that in real life. It's, I mean, it's kind of like when John Popper got arrested uh, a couple years ago, and uh, they, the John Popper from uh, Blues Traveler, right. uh, they pulled him over, and he was, like, super drunk, and he had, I think it was, like, seven handguns and two assault rifles I remember under, the, under the seat <laughs> of his car, and he told them that he knew that the apocalypse was coming, and he was getting ready for it. Yeah. Like the cops and be like, oh, oh, okay, yeah, okay, well, cool, yeah, yeah, that's on, good, yeah, that's good. It's fine that We're you're fine. drunk and you're speeding and you have a bunch of handguns <laughs> and uh, weaponry. Uh, also, I, I don't know if everyone out there is familiar with Chief Keef. I am because he's awesome. Yeah, Chief Keef is a rapper from Chicago, who most rappers from Chicago. I don't know if people out there pay attention to 
such things. But Chicago has become one of the most dangerous centuries. Uh, city century centuries. I don't know yeah. why I said that. Cities in the country and the murder rate there is insane right now. And even a lot of gangster rappers are kind of talking about Chicago that are from there. Like, hey, we need to figure out what the problem is. Mm-hmm. People are dying on our streets. Chief Keef doesn't give a fuck. No, he didn't care at all. It might be the most ignorant gangster rap of all time. Mm-hmm. Now, for that, I love it. Not in a serious way. I mean, I do like it. I don't think he's a great rapper. Yeah, because really, I mean, he only has like two or three songs I really like, but I really like those songs. I do. I love Hate Being Sober. Yeah. I hate Don't Like. But um, but that's just, to give you a background, I don't even know what this story is. Hopefully it's a good one. But oh. Chief Keef is a very ignorant gangster rapper from Chicago who, I guess he's pretty popular. He got arrested on gun charges again. <laughs> okay, again. How old is he, too? He's like 20. He's, yeah, right? he's not, I don't even know if he's 20 yet. Uh, he got arrested on gun charges again, and then he got out of that by agreeing to go to rehab. Oh, it's good. Which is like, that's just the way of everybody gets out of everything. He's just going to do it again. I picture his rehab not... canceler looking at his album like, oh, hate being sober. First yeah. single. Okay, mm. this is good for rehab. And also a, a 20-year-old gangster rapper that's that popular, he's really going to go through rehab and come out and not Absolutely relapse? Not. Come on. And here's a confusing thing to me about that as well is... All these rappers get arrested on these gun charges, and if you want to keep a gun around because you feel unsafe or you're hanging out, you know, that's fine. But one thing I've learned from watching lots of rap documentaries and just reading books is that every big rapper has to have, like, a crew they go on tour with. Because, you know, rappers don't have bands so much. Why wouldn't you just have somebody else carry the gun? Yeah. Why? Or just, uh... (laughs) No, not why don't you hire security that exactly. actually is allowed to carry it's allowed guns. to have a gun legally people do it all the time apparently actually there's a band called blood on the dance floor i don't know if you're familiar yes who is the most are. embarrassing band of all time who legit on warp tour when i was there had like 14 year old girls behind their merch table and it's terrifying and i guess people try to call them out and they actually did have a security guard with a gun on tour because people wanted to fight them like man's did. Well, I guess that's good for them, but at the same time, I mean, good for them. They have a security guard. Oh, they yeah. But <laughs> wouldn't that shouldn't that security guard be like, who am I working for? I should probably call the police. Oh, hey, pedophiles. Yeah. yeah exactly. Which apparently one of them does have a rape charge, like in Arizona or something. Yeah. No shit. And, no shit. He does. Yeah. Like <laughs> so. I mean, look at them. Yes. But. It's the same as I mean, come on. Like any of those fucking bands, like them. On our Tumblr, can you put up a picture at the top this week of the new episode of Blood on the Dance Floor? Oh, please? sure. Yeah, Find no a problem. good one, but. Uh, like them or even like, uh, I don't know, like all those bands, like Falling in Reverse and, um, what's that one, Medic Droid. Oh yeah. Which you know, or um, shit. What's Hollywood Undead? They're that good. kind of stuff. Oh yeah, they're really. <laughs> but like Broken all those side? guys, yeah, Broken Side. That's what I was trying to think of. It's like all Wait, those guys. Are they still together? Yeah, they're still together. They no, had like a not. huge hit this like a couple months ago. Was that the one with E Forty? I don't know what it was. I, maybe. How do they get E forty on a song? Because E forty does whatever. Like he does, he just True. if you give him money, he's probably gonna do it. He's really good, but he has a good rap. Do yeah, it. you're right. It's the same as like Too Short. He'll be on anything. Like just yeah, he's on the new Lady Gaga album. Like you know, oh. I mean, which I would be too if she offered me money. Like oh, I'd be yeah, like, oh, of course. okay. Um, but yeah, like uh, um, oh shit, what was I? Saying? Oh, like all those bands, all those f- things. They all are rapists. Like, you can look at them and be like, that guy probably is going to rape somebody. <laughs> right. And I don't... You know what I would love to have on the podcast, actually, to have a real conversation would be Kevin Lyman, who I, we should try for, who does work Tour every year. Mm-hmm. I think it would be interesting because I think he seems like an awesome guy. And I wonder the balance in his head of that. I know he probably thinks that music sucks. I don't, yeah. I don't know if he'll publicly say that, and I don't expect him to. No, but he knows what I would like to money, hear. So. 
Well, I think it's finding a balance of making money but also having a respectable fest. And it's not like he necessarily knew at this point that those people had these rape charges. So I assume he probably won't let him on the tour. I met him when we did Warp Tour and he was great. Yeah. He was a completely awesome guy. But I'd like to have him on here. I would love to talk about that. I think it'd be interesting. No, yeah, I think, but I also think it'd be interesting to have him since he does that just talk about that culture anyway, in exactly. general. Like, because yeah. there's a lot of that goes around. Like, not just. Not just there, but like in the punk scene in general, like that that girl. Did you read that article? That girl wrote the got a girl who like, like singer of the casualties. Yeah, got yeah. raped by a singer of casualties. Who, uh, apparently like, raped her. Like, no fucking shit. And that then, was what he did that like a million times. Which, they got away yeah, with it. Fun, not funny. I shouldn't say it's funny. It's not funny at all. But what's interesting and weird about this is, and I think the problem with stuff like that is since you waited so long, I get why she waited so long and why she wrote it. And she explained it. The problem is that, uh, you know, she wrote her story and, like, this is what happened. And I completely believe everything she said. The whole story makes perfect sense. And then you literally had, I would say, hundreds of people come out and say, yeah, similar thing happened to me. Mm -hmm. It's like the problem is then figuring out how much of that is really credible. Yeah, but, I mean, I'd say by and large, like, a majority of it is. Yeah, I think that guy clearly has obviously probably molested some people before in his life. And it's cool that people are waking up. And I even read a thing where somebody heard that story and, like, at a show, like, took off their casualty shirt and threw it away. And that's cool, because you shouldn't support that. No. Much like I thought it was cool and interesting is uh, when one of the guys from Blood for Blood a year or two ago came out as a rapist. Like, he raped a 15-year-old girl at, like, a birthday party. But Blood for Blood, I was like, okay, that's not surprising. No. But then I was like, was the rest of the band? And then, like, they actually kicked him out, like, gave a big statement. And I was like, that's cool, because that's a band that's, like, kind of known for being scummy. And they were just like, we don't tolerate this. And it's like, no one should tolerate that, obviously. But yeah. Obviously, that doesn't even need to be said. But let, let me ask you: the, you just said it was cool that you shouldn't support that kind of stuff, but you support a rapist. You actually did it today, uh, Toby Keith. I did. Yeah. Is he is he a rapist? Look at him. Okay, I, I feel agree. like Toby Keith. Okay, for research of this, yes, my girlfriend and I today. No, 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 no. You said that to me earlier. You said that. It, it was research for the podcast. Yeah. When have we ever done restaurant reviews on this podcast? Re- uh, we did McDonald's, the Mighty Wing. That's not a restaurant review. I wouldn't go to McDonald's and like sit there and be like, well, this McDonald's is rather nice. And Looks now for the first time in Big Snackers history, restaurant <laughs> review. <laughs> okay, yeah, fine. That sounds I seamless. went to Toby Keith's I Love This Bar and Girl today for lunch. Um, I was curious. And it's a new place we have right down by the stadium. And it's Toby Keith's restaurant they have a stage they have a bunch of guitars hanging up terrible shirts with horrible red solo cups on them and the food was better than i thought it would be but not amazing um i ordered for appetizer we had chili con queso which was chili yeah i don't think there was any cheese probably not because it's probably out of a can it was okay but i took okay the first bite i was like it's pretty good i was like where's the cheese but the third bite i don't think i ate anymore uh, we have fried zucchini, which was good. Probably can't mess it up that easily. Um, she had a bologna sandwich because we were curious because it was on there. And let me tell you how much they're going for this pure redneck vibe. Is a bologna sandwich came on garlic toast with Miracle Whip. It says that on the menu. Look, here's the thing. Not mayonnaise. I love Miracle Whip, but I would never eat that. Okay. Like, that's what I'm saying. And I, no, I want to explain and this I know to I'm, you. I know people are going to be like... Fuck you, Miracle Whip, all this shit. No, I like Miracle Whip and mayonnaise. They're both good. I need to send you a picture from her phone um, to put on the blog, but this bologna sandwich, I swear, the piece of bologna was just about. It was was one of the super thick. thick. Like, she literally cut it down to one fourth, and then it was a pretty good sandwich. 
and that was all pretty bad. But I did have the honey barbecue wrap, and it was good. It wasn't special, but no. it was good. What? You no. just ate of the country singer's Applebee's. Okay, that's no, all. You're right. No, don't compare it to Applebee's. Yes, I will. It, it's the same as Applebee's. It's the same as O'Charlie's. It's the same as all that shit. It's all terrible. You ate it. You supported that raping <laughs> piece of shit. You don't. He's never been convicted of a rape or even accused. You said the same thing about Jimmy Buffett. I can't say about Toby Keith. What is he, your best friend? You protecting him now? <laughs> no. Listen though, I will take stand my ground. Did he here. rape you? <laughs> I will stand my ground here. And it's Ryan, not I asked you a question. No, I've never met Toby Keith. In the bathroom today? <laughs> uh, I will stand my ground not to defend Toby Keith. That restaurant was not that great by any means or good, but Applebee's is the worst restaurant. Yeah. It is the well, worst yeah. restaurant. And I've had this argument with people, and they say, no, it's not. They think about it, and you can't really think of a worse place. No. This is the thing that – well, I, I put it – I go either Applebee's or O'Charlie's. They're both, to me, things that I would throw up because I ate <laughs> – I know you like – I know you like, like O'Charlie's, O'Charlies or yeah, whatever. I think it's fine. I don't – um, like – Applebee's is terrible because here's the reason why is because like with most restaurants you could go, okay, I, I don't like that location of the restaurant. It's not as good. There is no difference between no. Applebee's here and Applebee's in Tokyo, Japan. And it's awful. They're all exactly the same. It's awful. And like I said to you, what I hate is people say half price apps are cheap. Um, wherever you're listening to this from Kroger is our main grocery store around here. Mm-hmm. I know it's like Ralph's in California. It doesn't Giant matter. Eagle or whatever um, it is. You can go to the Kroger here, or whatever your grocery store is, and literally for a dollar fifty buy ten wings yeah. of like the generic store brand, which isn't great, but it's whatever. Get yourself a ranch or barbecue sauce for a dollar, yeah, and make wings that will taste far superior to Applebee's because Applebee's is that bad. Anytime, yeah. So half price apps is not an excuse. It's still like four dollars for chicken wings. It's disgusting, and they too. are awful. And that's the thing is like I know like someone can correct me if I'm wrong, but I know I'm not wrong about this. Is the Applebee's wings come frozen with the sauce on them. So yes, when you they fry do. them, they come out and that's it's disgusting. like you put sauce on them, but that's really gross. That's and besides that, it's the most flavorless thing in the world. People yeah. are always like, yeah, but like you go there and like they have like cheap drinks and cheap appetizers. <laughs> and it's like, okay, but I could also go buy a case of beer <laughs> and a shit ton of wings from the deli at like a grocery store. For about half the price of what I would spend. Exactly. Or maybe even like the same price, but I would get a lot more out of it. You get more and it would taste better. Applebee's is literally worse than Arby's. Oh, yeah. And Arby's... At least Arby's has a flavor. I mean, it's pepper, but at least it's a flavor. <laughs> but, yeah, Applebee's is the worst restaurant, and I will stand by that. And I know they're never going to, like, sponsor us now. Yeah, well, too bad. You, I, can't, I, can't have my, I can't have a, a commercial with Chris Berman, Applebee's the most annoying might person on earth. be one place I wouldn't even eat for free if they did sponsor us. No, I mean that was <laughs> I literally I my uh my this guy I know uh, uh I can't remember it was at work but I don't remember what the occasion was if it was like Christmas or whatever but he was like giving like a thank you thing out and he's like he's like hey you want this he actually offered me and this is weird like he offered me either a $25 gift certificate to Subway which is a place I don't like at all or a $25 certificate to Applebee's and oh, I was Subway like all the way. I was like oh, I'll take the Subway I'm absolutely not, yeah. Because at least I can get, like, a turkey sandwich there and not throw up. When we're on tour, I eat Subway a decent amount because it is cheap and it's everywhere. Yeah, it's totally. But I don't ever eat when I'm at home. No. I mean, there's always a better option. No, because you could just go to an actual deli that, like, gets stuff and get your own meat and make it, like, with good bread and stuff. The the problem some people don't realize is, like, when you're touring and you're in, like, Idaho or Wyoming, it's 2 a.m., there's McDonald's and McDonald's and Subway. That's it. That's your two choices, uh, I think. One time I went to... uh, 
a subway. What did I just do? Oh, there it goes. Me. Um, no, I didn't do you. Come on, buddy. I'm not doing you, right? Oh, you should, though. No, that's okay. Oh, come on. Give the listeners a treat, buddy. How would it be a treat? No, I'm not acting like Toby Keith. Uh, <laughs> um, <laughs> Go on. So one Scott's time, probably going to call on any second now because he's very uh, punctual. I'm pro- he has to be somewhere tonight. I think he's reviewing a show for his big time magazine. Whatever. What a fucking idiot. Yeah, he's an um, asshole. So uh, we went to uh, Subway on the way to a show one time, and we walked in, and these two redneck kids were working, and they weren't selling sandwiches. They were just like, Somebody forgot to thaw out the bread from last night, so it was in the freezer still. So we can't make no bread. But if you want some, if you want some of the toppings in a bowl, you can have them. Oh my god! <laughs> toppings from Subway in yeah, a bowl. But here's the other thing I always think it's funny is like they act like their bread's baked fresh. It's just a frozen no, loaf of bread they throw in that stupid oven thing, and then when they're like, "You want us to, uh, you want us to melt it for you?" They put it in a microwave. <laughs> yeah. Like it's not like I agree. I, I don't think Subway's terrible, but it's not. No, but they shouldn't. They they should just advertise it for what it is. It's just like yeah. Subway eat it's some the, shit you the, would get out of a bag. And hey, it's gro- it's Lunchables for adults. <laughs> like Subway is the McDonald's of sub places. I mean, it's not great. It's like yeah. Panda Express is the McDonald's of uh. Chinese, Chinese food, food places. Well, and that's, Chinese food places in general are the McDonald's of Chinese food places. Fair though. enough. But, yeah, Applebee's is literally the worst. But Subway, uh, the, the one thing, I, I will eat almost anything. The one thing I will not eat at Subway are those eggs. That's terrifying. Eggs. Have you looked at them? They have eggs now. I haven't been there in a long time. If you go there now. Last time I went there, I got one of those pizzas they were selling. For no, long. no thanks. You it tasted like pizza? butter. <laughs> it just tasted Wait, like, how does a pizza like, taste like butter? Right, this is what it was. It was like... They heat it up in that dumb microwave thing, and then they give it right. to you, and, like, there's, like, like it's, like, <laughs> the sauce is, like, if somebody took a ketchup packet and just brushed it on the top of Whoa, bread, and then they it. put this, this this cheese on it, which I don't know what the cheese is made of, because it literally just tastes like I, w- I was taking a spoonful of margarine out of a thing and was just eating it off of a spoon. Sorry, Scott has texted me and said number is not working. Oh, my bad, guys. One. I gave him the wrong one. God, you're a fucking shit. I am a jerk. But uh, Subway has eggs now, and I want you... Can you Google real quick a picture of them on your phone while I'm getting this? Yeah. I want you to see what they look like, because it's... Do I... First of all, I'm really afraid of typing in the phrase Subway eggs. That <laughs> <laughs> so could probably be a new hipster band. Like, They're probably on MTV next week. I feel like it's a girl just having a period in New York. Excuse me? Hello? Hello, Scott. How are you? I'm doing well. How many numbers do you have? Uh, this is just like our Skype number for the podcast. Uh, okay. We're still using yeah, Skype. You got, you got your own number for the podcast. Holy shit. We are moving up in the world, Scott. Uh, you couldn't believe it. We have so many sponsors now, like Applebee's. <laughs> now, do they know that, you're spon- that they sponsor you, or are you kind of like giving them like the, uh, the clandestine endorsement? Well, we would never endorse Applebee's, actually, because it's the worst restaurant in the Whoa. planet. What? Bag it on the bees. It's going to be that kind of podcast. Okay. No, actually, I was going right. to say, I actually, um, I'm going to ask you a question based on what we were just talking about. But before then, I want to make this a good conversation because you and I have known each other. And we can just end up being goofy, but I actually do have a lot of alternative press questions. So I'm going to try to keep it serious, but I'm very bad at that. All right, before we get to that, though, can I say something? You can say whatever you want. Is, is Justin there? Justin's uh, yeah, here. I'm we're here. both here. Okay, Justin. Yeah. I 
am the fucking world's biggest Weezer fan, and you know absolutely nothing based on last week's podcast. That's all I want to say. Okay. I think you're a swell guy and you're funny, but <laughs> holy shit, you said you said Pinkerton has no B sides. You're fucking crazy. I didn't say it didn't. I didn't say amazing. No, I think what Justin no, no, said. No, I didn't say it didn't have any B sides. I said that the <laughs> yes, B sides. Yes. <laughs> no, I think. Review the tape. Review the tape. I think you he said, said Pinkerton had no B sides and that it made new songs for that reissue. No, 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 no. So wrong. Correct me if I'm wrong. I think what Justin said was. It sounded like those songs were just recorded later and weren't recorded during Pinkerton, and they just scraped them together and called them B-sides. Incorrect. Trust me, I have studied no, 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 no. this record. He I, said wrote or, I wrote an oral history He about said this it record. sounded like not. nothing. That, nothing. Uh, all right. So I'm saying, I, I don't want to start things off on, on an overly hostile note. Scott. You're talking to the guy who willingly, who willingly paid money to go on the Weezer cruise and is also doing it again next year. So, well, I'm sorry uh, that with, you've... With that being said. <laughs> I'm sorry you've made so many mistakes so far in this podcast. <laughs> And I appreciate your correction. No, I appreciate it. Actually, you're totally right. I, I know. Somebody else corrected me already about that, so I appreciate it. I do have a question, actually. Uh, I, uh, I know you love Weezer. Weezer fans are a, are a very, very, very nerdy bunch. We, uh, we take pride in knowing useless bullshit about a band that used to be good. So. Well, here's a question, then, actually, that is um, based on that. Do you still love all of Weezer stuff, or where did you fall off on the liking wagon? Dude, I still love Weezer. Like I'm, all of it? I'm like it's it's weird. Like I'm in a weird spot where like I definitely have critical blinders on when it comes to River Squamo. Like I can look at some of the shit he's done and be like, this is fucking awful. Like there are certainly moments in his recorded career, whether it's like Weezer songs or his stuff he's collaborated with other people with. I'm like, these songs are fucking terrible. But I but there's definitely times where I'm like, you know what, whatever, I love it anyway. Like Maladroit gets a lot of shit from people, but I fucking love Maladroit. It's just That's big, my third favorite. rock, awesome guitar solos, whatever, you know. Um like their last album they put out on Epitaph, Hurley, which had fucking, you know, Jorge Garcia on the cover. I fucking love that record. I'll be I fair, never even listened like, to it. No one, like, even knows that record exists, but I love it. So it's, I, it's weird. Like, I'm, I'm very much, I'm very forgiving when it comes to Rivers Cuomo because because he made two of the greatest albums ever, basically. Oh. So, I, the pass. I have a question. Do you think our theory about Rivers being held hostage is correct? <laughs> yeah, that's true. <laughs> no, I don't. Uh, I don't, but You're you never denial. know, dude. That, he's a uh, he's an odd man. I've, he's, I've he's interviewed him twice, before, and he is a very challenging interview. So you he admit that it's possible that he actually has Rivers basically trapped, and if Rivers says anything, he'll kill him. <laughs> I don't know. You know, I could tweet him. Rivers followed me on Twitter last week, which fucking weirds me out. That's actually like, awesome. I do, I'm not comfortable with that Wait, at all. I think he's gone crazy so recently. I'm not, I'm not sure why he followed me, but he followed me on Twitter now. So. To Scott and Justin, have you guys seen Rivers' twi- Twitter recently? Mm-mm. I think he's lost it. Uh, I remember I retweeted him about two weeks ago. He just tweeted and said, do you like the race you are? It's <laughs> <That's> a very <laughs> odd thing to tweet. I don't know. No, I would never read that. I only follow two people on Twitter. Who? Ian Levan Zant and Violent J. Violent J is a good person to follow on Twitter. That's, that's a good one. I follow ICP on Twitter. That's a good ICP one. ICP on Twitter is great. Have you guys both seen the ICP show on Fuse? No, I still haven't. No, seen I don't have Fuse. I, I, don't, I don't get Fuse on my uh, on my satellite, so I'm poor. Just because you hate Thomas Nasif, Scott, you don't have to bag on Fuse, okay? <laughs> I Which, actually called up my cable company. He's like, no, I want that channel, channel dropped. Well, Fuse, isn't, isn't that Nasif? I don't think it's Nasif. I think it's Nasif. Either way, Fuse is also mostly a terrible station, but the ICP show is great. Whether you watch it ironically Thomas, or not, it's entertaining. Um, and Thomas Nasif is the only person in this scene that's taller than me. So He's a very big man. 
Um, what I was going to ask you. finally tall. He's like 15 feet tall. Anyway, you want to ask me a question. I already derailed this podcast. So I don't, ask away, big snacker. I don't want to sway your answer by Justin and I's views, but we were talking about restaurants of what we think are kind of the worst restaurants. If you could have a $25 gift card to Subway or Applebee's, which would you take and why? Oof. Um, <laughs> probably yeah. go Subway. No, we probably said the same thing. I probably, I probably go Subway. We said the same thing. Not because yeah, I... Yeah, like a Subway, like... It's like it's quicker for one. You don't have to stay there. Like no one has to know you're at Subway. Whereas like Applebee's, like you're sitting there for an hour, and like you're probably gonna see like your high school English teacher, and they're probably gonna be working. So it's just weird. Like whereas like you know Subway, like generally the person who works there, you know, you know that you're probably better off in life than they are. So you kind of have like a little air of superiority as you ask for more like you know roast beef or whatever. So this kind of has a little ego boost about being like, yes, make my sandwich in front of me. So I approve. So all right, how about this? Applebee's or Arby's? Oh, God, that's bad. Oh, Arby's. Arby's all the way. Arby's oh, no. all the way. Are you kidding me? I agree with you, but I you said Arby's, it like you I like Arby's. Arby's. yesterday. Oh, jeez. Oh, no. You had Arby's yesterday? What did you get? When I got an Arby's, I got their, um, well, this, this is like the sad, this is the sad reality of my life, okay? Okay. So I, uh, I recently, in the past few months, maybe like six or seven months ago, I'm, I'm a 31-year-old man, all right? I'm a 31-year-old man. I'm supposed to be an adult, you know? But for some reason, in about March of this year, I decided that I wanted to drink Mountain Dew again. And I don't know why, because I haven't drank Mountain Dew in probably almost 10 years, maybe longer. You know, I gave it up a long time ago. And uh, then for some reason, I just had this fucking craving. I, I was driving to Toronto with my friend Ian, you know, Ryan, and we were going to see Texas The Reason. And when we came back from Toronto, for whatever reason, I was like, I have to fucking drink now. But because I'm on this stupid low-carb diet, which is great because I've lost weight, but it also sucks because carbs are delicious. No, I got absolutely. Diet Mountain Dew. And so uh, I, I drank a Diet Mountain Dew back in March and have now been addicted to it like liquid cocaine. And uh, that's Uh-oh. what I do. And the reason why I go to Arby's is because Arby's has Diet Mountain Dew on fountain. Yeah, Nobody Diet, else does. Diet Mountain Dew is liquid gold. Yeah. Me and our bass player, Paul, yeah, I'm, I'm, drink little, I'm drinking a bottle of it right now. I literally have a bottle of it right in front of me. But here's, so. the, here's the question, though, is that you said you ate there. See, we just went through the drive-through for rallies here in Ohio, and Ryan just got a Diet Coke. That was it. You could have just gone to Arby's and got a Diet <laughs> yeah, Mountain Dew. Yeah, what did you eat? But you ate there. What did you eat? I do, I do that. I do that frequently. Although yesterday I caved in and I got their mozzarella sticks, which were okay. Bad, probably fine. All right. But I just had a need for fried cheese. You get so. a pass for that. That's I will fine. tell you that if I go to Arby's right now, I can get a drink, uh, I can get curly fries or a turnover, and I'll probably be happy. I just when it comes to their actual food, I can't do it, and that's not. Yeah. Like, it's right no, or wrong. Actually, it's just an opinion. Here's what, I, here's what I did last week, and this is even more embarrassing and tells you how much of a fat dude I am. I went to Arby's first to get my Diet Mountain Dew because nobody else has it. Then I drove a, you know, a half mile down the road and went to Wendy's to get my triple baconator. Actually, that's, because, I would you know, do the same what, thing. That's what so. I wanted for lunch. So. I'm not, I would do the same thing. I, I can't. I, can't I, want, I once was walking back from a bar, and I went to Rally's and got a double cheeseburger, and I walked across the street to White Castle and got cheese sticks and put them on the burger and ate it, and it was the greatest <laughs> oh. thing. That's awesome. I like I like your style, man. I like the cut of your chip. Nice. <laughs> so, what that's I was going to yeah, that's a big snack. That that actually lives up to the show's name. That's that a big is snack. true. That's a big snack. Um, oh, hold on. Now I have a question for you, actually, because we were just debating this. All right, there's two things, actually, two parts to this question. Do you think Toby Keith is a racist, a rapist, or racist? Yeah, yeah, duh, rapist. But do you think <laughs> he's rapist or wait? Do you think racist or rapist? Rapist. Let's go with both. Yeah, both. Do I think Toby Keith is a rapist? I've never heard that. 
But would you be surprised? Um, I'm going to go with no because I don't want to get sued for a slander. <laughs> Fair um, enough in your position. Do I, think, do I think he's a racist? I bet there's probably some cell phone footage somewhere of, like, Toby Keith at some bar in, like, some podunk town in, like, Oklahoma or West Virginia, like, taking his shirt off and, like, throwing the N-word around. I would not be surprised yeah. if, somebody, if that happened and somebody filmed it, but they're not, you know, it's not, it's not on YouTube yet. Just because <laughs> it seems that he would do that. He definitely I, hates Osama bin Laden, or did hate oh, Osama bin Laden. Oh, yeah. Um, I remember when that song came out, the fucking, what's the... The fucking we'll put a boot in your ass is the American way song, you know that fucking. Oh song. yeah, yeah, yeah. Is that okay? So there's a line in that song where they talk about he's like singing about like oh there was an attack and he says like somebody struck us from somewhere in the back and I guarantee fucking to you the original line was somebody attacked us from Iraq. But they right. Were like, <laughs> and his label was like, hey, if that's not true. That's racist. You can't say that. He's like, fine. Somewhere in the back. Like, that makes no sense otherwise. Like, somewhere in the back, do they, they hit you in the ass? Like, what the fuck? No. So, Toby Keith has probably tapped quite a few asses. He probably is at least pretty internally racist, I would guess. Agreed. So, so based, based on your opinion of his, uh, his idea about uh, races, do you think it's wrong that Ryan gave him money by supporting his restaurant today at lunchtime? <laughs> he has a restaurant? I didn't even know that. Oh, it's called Toby Keith. I love this bar and grill. That's, what, that's the whole name of it? It's the Toby Keith I Love This Bar. Oh, that, that is yep, the that name is of the it, name sir. Of it. That is it. Jesus Christ. I, you know what? Like, yeah. <laughs> I'm going to say Thank yeah. you. You, Thank you. You are a part of the problem, Ryan. That's not cool. No, it was for research cool. for the podcast today. No, he keeps saying it was for research. It is not for research. He wanted to go there. That's what it was. Okay, either way, Scott, um, what is your title at Alternative Press? What is my title? I am the managing editor. Okay, which means you're pretty high up, right? Uh, I am the second on the masthead when it comes to editorial. Cool. Um, we were talking about Alternative Press because I know, I mean, I've read it for years, and it's kind of an interesting magazine, I think, because uh, I think it, in a good way, but it's also interesting. As we always said when we did Big Snackers, we don't want to stick to a certain scene of music, so we talk about anything. But Alternative Press started you know, very differently than it is right now, but I think you guys are obviously just keeping up with times, which is smart. But uh, did you read it growing up before you worked there? Um, sort of. I, was, I became aware of, like, I knew AP existed, but I want to say, I used to work at a record store when I was, uh, like, 16, 17, 18, when I was in high school in the late 90s. I want to say we stocked AP. I want to say. I know we stocked, like, Mojo and Q, like, all the British magazines. Yeah. And I know we stocked, like, Maximum Rock and Roll and Punk Planet and stuff, too, and, like, Probe and shit. I'm trying to think if we actually stocked AP. I feel like we might have, but I'm not really 100% positive. My first issue of AP I came across, actually, like I, I became like I became aware of the brand in 2001 when I went to Warp Tour in Chicago and they had a booth there and they had like big blowups of some of their covers hanging up like you know off the tent or whatever yeah and that was the summer that Weezer was on the cover for the oh, Green album okay and I saw that and I was like I was like I'm gonna fucking steal that thing I'm gonna steal this <laughs> that was my mission and I I probably circled like where that tent was like 10 15 times over the course of the day like trying to figure out how he could go over there and, like, unhook it from the bungee cords and steal this fucking banner with the Weezer cover on it. And then when I finally, like, got the nerve to go through it at, like, 7 p.m., whatever, they'd already torn it down. Like, fuck. Oh, what a bum out. So that was my first that, that was my first interaction with AP. It was when I wanted to steal from them, which is always a good sign for future employment. So, well, I was going to say... But uh, I, started, I started... What? Sorry. 
What's that? I, was I, was I started reading it. I started reading it like 2003. Like my first couple issues were the All American Rejects were on the cover, and the Distillers were on the cover. That was, was like the first couple issues that like really like came across my way, basically that I, that I read. So I was gonna say, uh, yeah, I mean, Alternative Press at this point in time, I guess whatever scene we are in now, I don't even know what to call it because I don't want to call it punk or pop punk, but I mean. Because even then, you know, uh, Black Veil Brad's on the cover this month, so that's totally different. But I was going to say, you guys have had everyone from Weezer to ICP to, like, I mean, just bigger rock bands, right, back in the 80s and 90s. Oh, yeah. So. I mean, like, like our, our big thing to fame is kind of like, we were the first magazine to put Nine Inch Nails on the cover. We were the first magazine to put Nirvana on the cover. First magazine to put uh, Smashing Pumpkins on the cover. Like, that's, you know, we were definitely, like, at like the, the the beginning of the crest of that wave there, or the beginning of that wave basically before everybody else kinda of jumped on board. Like right. you know, we were called alternative press before there was alternative rock. Yeah, that's right. the kind of funny thing is that like we were like alternative press because it was the alternative to like the local newspaper is what is why it was called alternative press. And then like ten something years later is when alt rock showed up. And so it was just you know, at the time it was just college rock. But, so you guys were the first uh, people that's, that's the thing. That we've definitely covered we've definitely gone through like this weird kind of like shoots and ladders kind of board game of like following different genres and trends, you know? So yeah, I was going to, you guys were really the first seven Nirvana and nine inch nails though. That's pretty cool. I didn't know that. Yeah. Well, it was, well, Trent's from Cleveland, you know, for Trent Reznor's from Cleveland. I didn't even know that. And, uh, like my boss, Mike Shea, the guy who founded AT and still works there. He's like, he's thanked in the liner notes for pretty interesting. Like that's how long ago, that's how far back they go. You know, like, that's pretty cool. He, he, you know, yeah. I track him up in the whole, you know, Cleveland. That's the same way how like Marilyn Manson, was in the magazine a whole bunch in the early in the nineties too because Marilyn Manson's from what Akron or something yeah yeah I did so know that. Uh, he was always up there too so yeah so it's like that's kind of like that's why like, the magazine became like a really big like goth industrial magazine at like the turn of the eighties and nineties because like that's what those dudes were listening to right like, the people who worked at AP then were like that's what they're into so they were covering that stuff heavily you know and then it just kind of morphed with the times and what you know you can't you can't cover one thing forever because things don't stick around you know like, we were still covering like. Sisters of Mercy and Clan of Zymox. Like, what, like no one, no one listening to this even knows who those bands are. Yeah, well, so I, it's like, well, we'd be out of business. So, I agree with that. I think I'm old enough, and Justin and I were actually talking earlier in this podcast that everyone says, "Well, Warp Tour used to be Pennywise, Bad Religion, No Effects." It's like, yeah, if it was still that, it wouldn't exist because there'd be no Warp Tour. Yeah, it wouldn't make any money. But I think you have to grow with the times. But are you are you proud of Alternative Press as a magazine right now? Uh, I mean, it's, it's I, I've been with AP. I've been with AP for it'll be ten years in July. So my first issue was issue one ninety five, and we're currently working on issue three oh seven, which kind of fucking blows my mind. Um, I'm definitely proud that we are still in business. I'm proud that we adapted with the times. You know, with print dying and the music industry falling apart, like we found ways to stay afloat. You know, and, and we figured out ways to grow the business and it's challenging to do that. And I'm not going to take credit for all that stuff. It's not like I was only worth doing that. Like, right. Have really strong, general. Uh, yeah. But I mean, it's, it's, it's one of the things where it's like, that, that's what makes me proud is that like, we're not just a magazine. We're like a fucking media company. You know, we have a website that we're really proud of. We have a fucking mobile app and we have an iPad app and all this stuff. And it's like, it's cool to be a part of that. Cause we're still like a, a 15 person company. We're not some huge fucking conglomeration. Like we're literally like 15 people. And so the fact that we can do this stuff and produce a magazine that's sold at fucking grocery stores and I can write about, like, folk punk bands that play basement shows ends up in, like, Kroger or Barnes & Noble, that's easy to me. That's fucking great. That's what makes me stoked to what I do. Like, you know, 
obviously, like, people are like, well, you can't like these bands that you put on the cover. I'm like, it doesn't matter if I like them. Yeah. It matters if the readers like them. And if that's what the readers are into, then, like, you, you know, I always call it, like, vegetables and ice cream, you know? And so it's like, okay, if a reader's really into Falling in Reverse, that's ice cream because they're stoked on it. They love it. It's what makes them excited. They're 15 years old. Great. You give them the Falling in Reverse in the cover, and that's their ice cream. But then you put on the inside, like, fucking features on. Touche Amore, you know, or whomever. That's the vegetables. And so it's like, some kid will read that and be like, whoa, there's more to life than just Ronnie Radke or whatever. And they, and that's how they grow, you know? That's, and I feel like there's not, no one's able to do that anymore. There's so few scenes that are left that have a strong reach that that's what gets me stoked on my job every day is that I can, like, continue to work in these tiny-ass bands that have no business being in a national magazine like Spanner Rolling Stone but uh, we can give them exposure, and like kids are able to learn. You know, it's, it's exci- that's what excites me. So. I agree, hundred percent. That goes back to I think you and I talked at Fest. Uh, it's funny because a lot of people, whether or not you like the magazine or not, is irrelevant. Say, will you help support bands like Broken Side and do this and that? Which I don't, I've never seen a case where it seemed like you guys ever supported bands like that. We've never written about Broken Side ever. That's what ever, I mean. Ever, ever, ever. We've, we've, we've like posted a few news stories about them on our website, but they have never once been in our magazine ever, 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 ever. And, uh, yeah, I think, like you said, you might not like what's on the cover every month, but if I made a magazine it was the only things I like on the cover, it would be sold nowhere. Exactly. So if, I I mean, if I made a magazine that was like Scott Heisel's favorite band, it'd be Minus the Bear and The Hold Steady and Gaslight Anthem, and it wouldn't sell. You know what I mean? Like, nobody would buy it. Like, we tried Gaslight Anthem. Nobody bought that issue, you know? Really? It's one of those things where, like... It's interesting. You know, yeah, it's, 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 it's one of those things where it's like, you know, it's we frequently relive the Charlie Brown and the football kind of thing. We're like, the, the cool bands are the football, all right? And you're like, okay, this time I'm going to fucking connect with that football, and kids are going to go crazy for it, you know? But every time we try to do, like, a quote-unquote cool band it doesn't sell. Like, we did Manchester Orchestra, it didn't sell. We did Every Time I Die, it didn't sell. We did Against Me, it definitely didn't sell. Like, we did, you know, did, for whatever reason, like, those are the issues where they're, it's not that the bands aren't great, because those bands are great bands, but their fans are assholes. <laughs> and their fans think that they're better than AP. And that, that's what it comes down to, is that their fans think they're better than AP, so they don't support it. And so I always joke, like, the Gaslight Anthem cover, I always joke like that. If we were, because, you know, when you don't sell a magazine, it gets returned to you. Like, they, they, they return them, and that's all, like, you know, you settle everything up or whatever, and, you know, they have to rip the cover off and all that kind of stuff. And I always joke that if we would have gone through the returns for Gaslight and, like, dusted them for fingerprints, they'd be fucking covered in fingerprints, because I guarantee you every fucking kid <laughs> went true. to Barnes & Noble and was like, whoa, Gaslight Anthem, that's awesome. And then they would read it, and then they'd go, they piece still sucks, and then they put it back. That's, you know? Right, like, actually. What do you, what, you know? And, and so that, that's the rock and the hard place we're always stuck in, where it's like, you try to do these, like, more you know, quote, artistically pure bands or whatever, you know, but no one buys those magazines. You know, it, people want to have good-looking dudes with with crazy haircuts, and it's just one of those things where, like, no matter... We, we try frequently to, like, put like, elevate those bands to the cover, and just every time, every time, we get kicked in the ass for it. So, well, yeah, I mean, I would... It's, it's, a, it's a shitty lesson that we learned, so... I would love you guys to do a cover story on the Hold Steady, as Justin, I'm sure, would, mm-hmm. and I would love it. But even that, I don't even know if it's kids being assholes. It's that kids wouldn't even know who it is. So it just probably wouldn't do well. I would love it. Well, the problem is, is like all these bands, they they because the internet has become so big, and you have so much writing on, about music on the internet, that these bands' fans look for these bands and things about these bands on the internet. You know, And so 
they don't need a bright, you know, full-page photo of Craig Finn to read what he has to say. They'll just go to Pitchfork and read it there. Or they'll go to any number of other blogs. They'll go to Pace.com or whatever. They'll read it there. Like, the pro- you know, people who still want to invest money in a physical product are generally younger people, yeah. you know, in their teenagers or whatever, who are just fanatical about shit. And I've, I've been there, and I'm still there for some bands. But it's one of those things where it's like you have to kind of – those are the people who want to spend their money the most – and so you have to allow them to spend their money. <laughs> right. You have to give them something to spend their money on, you know? And so that's why it's like, it's, it's, it's one of those things where you have to like, it's this weird intersection of art and commerce where, you, you know, I would love to put Touche Amore on the cover. I would love to put Balance of Composure on the cover or whatever. But like the kids who, who support those bands wouldn't drop five or $6 to buy a magazine. They just won't. It's right. one of those things where they, they think everything should be free and all they'll buy is the vinyl pre-order they can sell on eBay two weeks later. Like they right. don't want to invest money in a band unless it's on a t-shirt or a record. Scott, so. you're not you're not trying to imply that kids of this generation are entitled, are you? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, listen, it's one of those things, again, like you said, I'm 31, so like I came up in like... Me like and Justin all within like a year or two of each other. I'm sure I was an entitled little prick too when I was in high school. I mean, like, I'm, I'm sure I was, because we all were at, at some level, but, like, there's definitely a, a much bigger level of entitlement. The internet. With, it's the internet. Yeah, exactly. I mean, you, I remember, like, when I was in college, back in like, the early 2000s, I was a summer camp counselor for little kids, like, uh, during the summers, I mean, mm. you know, between each year. And, like, I had, like, six-year-old kids who had fucking email addresses. I'm like, why do you need an email? And it's one of the things where it's like these kids have never not known the internet. They have never not known high-speed internet. They've never not known having Netflix at their fingertips, having, having, you know, like, now you're going to have people who have never not known having Spotify, like, you know, legal ways to get music. Like, it's it's terrifying in in a way because they have no understanding of why artifacts should have value and that's what it is like we know that ap is like we're, you know we're an artifact we're a collector's artifact you yeah. buy ap because you want to have a physical representation of things you like yeah you know we get that but but the problem is like so many kids don't care about having those things at least right now i think that the pendulum will will swing backward a little bit i think that it always does we're reaching like a pretty a pretty big tipping point where kids are gonna be like wow i have literally nothing to show for what i like you know they have a hard drive, and that's what they have. I agree. They have that. a Tumblr page. Yeah. And so I think that you're going to have a lot of kids who, when they get into college or out of college or whatnot, they're going to say, oh, fuck, like, these are things I loved and I don't have them anymore, and you're going to see people, like, making a killing on the secondary market selling all the shit on eBay. So <laughs> Probably true. Was this a really long, yeah. roundabout way of telling us you're not going to put us on the cover of AP? That's what I'm thinking. <laughs> not yet. Not yet. Would we, we be the but, first uh, non-band to ever be on the cover? I mean, you you did play a pretty sweet corn song when I saw you at Fest, and that's that's definitely entering more into our wheelhouse right now. So. No, I don't want I don't want I, no not mixtapes. I want Justin and I to be on the cover yeah. for Big Snackers. <laughs> well, let's see. You, Big Snackers currently has what like sixty five Twitter followers, so you have a little way to go. A little way to go. Well, it's so. a podcast. Here's about Twitter. We have a hundred thousand downloads in eight weeks. That's impressive. That's impressive. You it is actually. Oh, we, we, suck on that. <laughs> we did actually celebrate that today as we're kind of blown away. that That's actually a real number, which is pretty awesome. So our subscriptions yeah. are crazy, and we're very lucky. Um, I was going to ask you before I forgot because I know we don't have that much more time, but uh, you've been working at AP for about 10 years, you said? Yeah, it's like nine and a half years. Just because I think this would be very interesting to anybody, including Justin and I. Do you know off the top of your head in that 10 years from – like the last 10 years – the weakest selling issue for sure, and the highest selling issue, because that's interesting to me. Yeah. 
highest selling okay, in, in my tenure, I can tell you I'm pretty sure the highest selling issue, at least in the past couple of years, was the Warp Tour issue from 2012, which is when we did three covers and it had like Jackson Maltem Lowe, Ronnie Radke, Kellen Quinn, Vic from Pierce to Vale, like it was like a three people on each cover. And that thing sold like seventy five percent sell through rate, which is fucking insane. Like typically when we kind of rank our issue sales, like 50% sell-through is a really, really good issue. You know what I mean? Like, you expect to get, like, half your issues back. That's just how it works. Like, you, you print X them out and, you know, whatever. But, so that one blew away all this would take. I'm that actually surprised super, 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 super that well. that one would be that high. I mean, I know that would be a big one, but that's surprising to me because you've definitely it, had bigger it, it, bands it, on it the cover. It was monstrous. It was crazy. Like, we just we just hit the zeitgeist at the right moment. And we, and we always have a couple of those every year where, like, we'll just hit the zeitgeist and we'll be like, holy shit, like, I know, like, both Fallen Universe covers sold really, really well because people love controversy. Um, the first... Before you go on, what's interesting about really, that, really well. before you finish, what's funny about that is it just kind of proves the point people have controversy and don't care about the music is it's funny that the Fallen Universe covers sold so well because their new album bombed. Yeah, well, here's the weird thing, too, is, like, controversy only works up to a point because, like, we did that Johnny Craig cover, you know, Deuce Ramarosa, who's from your neck of the woods down there in Cincinnati, <laughs> and, like, we did that cover with him a, like a year and a half ago and that issue tanked because right. that dude was beyond repair. Like he right. had fucked over his fans so bad and then everyone was like, no one wanted to support even though the interview was like him coming clean and he was in rehab and all this shit. Like it was trying to, it was his way to make amends. Nobody, everyone was like, fuck this guy. We're done with him. And so yeah. he was too far gone. So that one sold very poorly. That one actually sold very poorly. Um, and then into the ones earlier, like I said, every time I die, sold poorly. Unfortunately, like yes, I had them. One of the ones was surprising, but when, when we when we did um, Head Automatica back in like 2006, that was like a huge risk for us. We're like, there's no way this is going to do well, but we love this band, we love this record, let's do it, and it fucking killed. Like that was really? an AP that was like surprising. a thought. Like from from 2004 to 2006, like I can't explain to you how busy it was working at AP. Not that it's still not busy now, but like we were putting out like. Every issue we put out, that's when the scene was exploding. You had Fall Boy, you had My Comical Romance, you had Hoffman Heights, you had all this stuff blowing up at the same time. Like, and like we were the only ones covering it. And so we had like every month we would the ad sales would just be climbing and climbing and climbing. Every month would be our new biggest issue ever, like in terms of page count. To the point we were literally putting out in two thousand six, like two hundred and forty eight page magazines, which are that's like a fucking phone that's book. Insane. And so we would literally like every possible band we could do a feature on got a feature. We're like just fill pages, fill pages. You know That's I mean? great, it was though. Crazy. So, I mean, it, it was it was a wild time because it was like we were on steroids. Like literally, every issue was a home run. You know, like Fall Out Boy's heyday killed it for us. My Chem killed it for us. Oh, like, those were two bands. AFI killed it for us. Oh yeah, the first yeah. couple covers. The, the, the cover we did with the last record, Crash Love, did not do well. That yeah. one was severely underperforming. But as was the record. I think fans just moved on. Um, yeah, but yeah, like that stuff that you know that that window from like pretty much like oh three to oh seven, like pretty much everything we did was just on fire. It was crazy. Like we, you know, we were very lucky to have a scene that was blowing up that we were that well embedded and entrenched in that we actually appreciate that we knew it wasn't like we were just like you know playing along like the way Pitchfork covers emo now. We're like, you're like, yeah, of course I like this stuff. You're like, no, fuck. Are you insinuating that Pitchfork is not a great? news source full of great people with good opinions? Yeah, I mean, it is what it is. Like, I mean, <laughs> the thing is, they, they have like a million something Twitter followers. Like, Pitchfork's fucking ridiculous. And I'm like, it's just boring. Like, oh, and awful. the problem with them is that every kid, every kid who reads that website expects, expects reviews now to be these like 3,000 word essays about what it all means. I'm like, fuck that shit. Like, reviews should not 
be like I, I don't I don't care if you read Lester Bangs, I don't care if you read Hunter S. Thompson, whatever. Like reviews in twenty thirteen should not be twenty five paragraphs talking about how things I affect agree. you. It doesn't matter. Like it, it needs to be way more cut and dry. But like I'm it, review I actually last night I, I went to go see Tim Castle last night and he he and I actually had a conversation for a while about like what does music criticism mean in twenty thirteen and who actually gives a damn, you know? And it's just tough because like it's it's tough to to write reviews for an audience that doesn't want to read them because they already like what they like and they don't care if you don't like it. They don't care if you, you know, they, they get pissed off if you don't like something. And I'm like, well, Jesus Christ, man, it's an opinion. But right. well, I I say, to get serious it, it, for a second, it's a challenge. If we get a million downloads, can we have a picture of us on Alternative Press shirtless? Wait, sorry, again? I missed that. If we get a million downloads, um, can we have a picture of us in Alternative Press shirtless? <laughs> Um, I could maybe. <laughs> you know what? If you, if, you, if you could prove it, like audit it, I, we we could talk. I could see if I could work it in somewhere. Oh, we can. I, make it. No oh, yeah. I, could, I could definitely hide it in our iPad version. I could make it like a little like Easter egg. <laughs> when you touch on something, it would pop up. I could do that. I I'm gonna buy ad space in Alternative Press just to have a topless picture of me and Justin advertise Big Snackers. <laughs> Are you guys rates expensive? Yeah. I would everyone, everyone always complains about like all oh, these fucking bullshit haircut bands and AP blah blah blah. And I'm like, you know what? If you don't like it, buy a fucking ad and say these people bands buy it. What do you want to say? That. It's not you know, supporting like, it. Yeah, it's, it's ad space. You know, it's, it's, Which is funny because when you read through Electronic Gaming Monthly or Maxim. Do you complain about the ads? You probably don't, which shows that I don't music know. There's titties on oh, there. I man. love titties, but even outside of titties, but it actually does show that kids <laughs> in our scene are so entitled. As I guarantee you. When I read video game magazines or like Maxim, I don't complain about the ads. But then they turn to AP and they're like, that guy looks like an idiot. Which that guy probably does look like an idiot. And I probably do think his band sucks. But all you have to do is turn the page. Yeah. It's not a big deal. Exactly. Speaking of turning the page, uh, I have to go pretty soon. But we have one thing. Oh, yeah. Since this is a pop culture co- podcast and we like to uh, ask a one question a week of our guest uh, that has to do with pop culture. So are you ready? I do not want to cook with semen in my microwave. But well, yes, <laughs> well, first of all, yeah, you do. Yeah, we all know you do. But... <laughs> That's none of your business. That's a this is a, this is no, this is a new new question, new week. Yeah, this is a new question for new week. Um, this is all the right. question. It is as follows: Be real from Cypress Hill this week came out and said they were getting back together and recording a new album. Do you care? No, not at all. Absolutely not. Do you think? I there's... mean, I was I, I was never a hip hop kid anyway, so that's like lost on me. But, no, I don't care. You know, I mean, the worst thing anyone can do when you're, like, in your 40s and you've been off the fucking grid for 10 years is make a record. Like, nobody gives a shit, you know? Pass. Okay, and also, do you think there's a market for Cypress Hill in 2013? Maybe. I mean, like, here's the thing. If they're going to swallow their pride and, like, they could go out with, like, ICP and Cottonmouth Kings and probably make a killing. You're probably right, actually. they're going to swallow their pride <laughs> and do that, you know what I mean? Like, is that something they would do? So, otherwise, like, what the fuck? I mean, are they going to tour? Like, what the fuck are they going to do? They're, no, like, they're going to have they're, to they're, be, like, well into their 40s. Well into their 40s. Easily. Yeah, they're actually going to be on the cover of AP next month, so. Yeah, we just decided. Oh, yeah. that's great. Thanks for letting <laughs> me know. I look forward to ending that story. It'll probably sell more than the Gaslight Anthem with Jimmy Fallon or whatever his name is. <laughs> Brian Fallon? Jimmy Fallon of the Gaslight Anthem. That, that's pretty close. Justin. Pretty close. Justin has to leave in a few minutes for reasons that he said to me. He has to go pay his rent, then meet some people to do some things. I don't know what any of that means. That's fine. <laughs> I don't like that. Right you got to score some math. That's exciting. Well, I, maybe. amongst other things. Amongst other things. Scott, this was a very good conversation. I wish it was longer. 
Maybe we'll have to call you back soon. I'm sure. Maybe we'll have I, to. I, I, I will talk at length anytime, anywhere. I don't, I don't even need a podcast to do it. So. <laughs> okay, well, I'm going to put this will be up tonight, and then uh, I will start putting it up everywhere. But maybe we should continue this conversation the next few weeks because I actually had more questions to ask you. I actually had some good ones. I was being professional. Well, let's, let's see if the Big Snackers universe demands it. If they demand me come, to come back, I will make an encore appearance. We will do that then. I will then. happily talk shit about whatever bands they want to know me to talk shit we about. Will put, so I got stories, man. I got stories for days. And that's what I want. I actually want to get to the interesting thing, so I think we should have you back. What we're going to do is we'll put a voting chart <laughs> on the webpage to see if we should have you back. <laughs> All right, yeah, real, it'll be a little vote. It'll be good. Real quick then, I already I, asked. I already fun, asked. You'll, you'll probably get a lot of people come out of the woodwork and say they hate me because for some reason – I garner a lot of internet hatred, which I, I really enjoy, actually. It's it's, uh, it's nice knowing that people I've never met and will never give a fuck about care so much about me to, like, just publicly denounce me. It cracks me up. I agree with know? that. It's, it's great. Well, real quick, so, then, I'm going to ask you the same thing I asked Soupy. Who is the shittiest just fucking band in our scene that just makes you want to puke? Who is the shittiest band in our scene that makes you want to puke? You don't even need to give an explanation now because I don't have time. Just t- who is it? Uh, Soupy said Attila. I'm, I, I mean, Attila's the easy answer, but I don't know those dudes. So, I, I mean, I can't, like, vouch for right. them being, like, for them being super shitty. I just don't know. Um, I will say that, like, the guitar player for today who quit the band, but that guy was a fucking douche. Yeah. Like, you know, <laughs> denouncing. Basically, any band that would, like, publicly try to make their, alienate their fans by, like, denouncing whoever is of a different race or different sexual orientation, like, just go fuck yourselves, you know what I mean? Agreed. Um, on top of that, I would say, like, yeah, I mean, it totally definitely fits that, but they want it. They want that fucking attention where it's like, could you believe what this band said? And I'm like, I don't Agreed. care. Like, you're a fucking, you're a bunch of mooks, and <laughs> you're all going to get neck tattoos, and then in two years, you'll be working at Chipotle, so have fun scooping my fucking burrito. Sure. So. <laughs> we'll get to this more then. I, I would definitely like to finish this, but uh, you have a good night. Aren't you going to a show right now? What's that? Aren't you going to a show tonight? I was going to see Boat to Spill, but it sold out. So now I'm going to sit at home oh. and probably watch Sons of Anarchy. That's my plan. I'm going to do the same thing. So we'll discuss that as well. Sweet. But right. uh, I'm a season behind. I'm watching on Netflix. I'm watching no. Season Vibes. So well, I won't spoil it for you then. Us. All right. Well, you have but, uh, a good night then. And uh, we'll see if there's demand can, for you. Can, wait. Can, can I shamelessly plug something too? Yeah. Yeah. All right. Shamelessly plug. And then I'll get off the phone. <laughs> uh, if people like... Want, if people want to listen to me talk or read me talk, if they want to read me talk, uh, you can follow me on Twitter at Scott Heisel. Uh, and also, I have a record label, which is the best money losing venture ever. It's called Youth Conspiracy Records. And you should go to Facebook.com slash Youth Conspiracy Records. Uh, we put out records by bands like Weatherbox and St. Head Reps and uh, lots of good stuff. And so people should come check those out. You are, you are and, putting uh, out good records. To make me pay rent. So. You are putting out good records, and your Twitter is entertaining. So follow him on both of those, but you're putting out good records. Thank you very much. That's, most people aren't doing nowadays, nice. so go check out his record label. <laughs> Read AP. There's, there's my double plug. I will let you go interview. We got a Cincinnati boy on the cover. Now, so. We got a Cincinnati boy on the cover of AP this year. But uh, this year. So, all right, you have a good night, and I'll talk to you soon. All right, thanks for having me, guys. Bye-bye, Scott. Bye, Daniel. All right, bye. <laughs> Why did you say bye, Daniel? Oh, Daniel? Who's Daniel? Was that Daniel? That was Scott. Oh, we were talking to Daniel. Justin? The cat from Mr. Rogers. Oh. Meow, meow, Ryan. Meow. The way Justin is looking at me right now is terrifying. <laughs> I wish I had a picture of it. Um, oh. So you have to leave in a minute, yeah, right? Yeah, so that was nice. How should da- we wrap this? That Daniel was interesting. Was, yeah. I wanted, wanted to finish that. Yeah, me too. Not Daniel. Scott. We'll, call, we'll talk to Daniel next time. I'm not Scott. I'm Justin. No, but I actually did want to get into stories because Scott's one of the few people I know 
that will tell us band stories and not hide the band. Which because is most good. people don't want to do that. They don't want anybody to think anything negatively about them. I feel like from now on what we need to do is just uh, anytime we have somebody on who doesn't want to say something bad, we just need to bully them into saying something I they don't want well, to say. Scott will, which is what I like. And I would like to hear some of those stories. But yeah. that was good. He was That was informative. He, yeah, it was. It was he really did good. say things I've never really thought about. Um, how should we wrap this up real quick? How do you want to do it? Um, well, follow at Big Snackers on Twitter. Do the Twitter. We got Scott just pointed out our Twitter game is not great. Our download game is phenomenal. Yeah, I don't need. To, we didn't ask him to call us out. Yeah, we asked him to him. call. Yeah, fuck that fuck guy. Fuck Scott. Fuck Daniel. Who's going? Who's <laughs> and uh, well, Facebook's doing Damn. good. Well, we almost have two thousand likes, which yeah. I guess is good. We're, I, I think know. we're over, aren't we? Maybe. So that's good. But yeah. So if all those fucking people would follow us on Twitter, yeah, would be good. And also, I don't know why you're not going to the Tumblr and following us. But not that Tumblr matter numbers matter, but. Because obviously you're streaming the fucking thing on Tumblr, but... Yeah, follow us. Or at least ask us a question. Do something. Yeah, ask some questions. Let's have some fun. Next week, uh, we should have on John Jughead uh, Pearson from Screeching Weasel. Yeah. And we're working on some actually really good guests coming up. So pretty soon we're basically like Chris Hardwick, except less annoying. Yeah, hopefully. And less fuckable. Oh, I hope so. Oh. I'm like Doug Benson. I'm high. <laughs> that's, that's not even a good joke. Super high, me. Oh yeah. Oh. <laughs> hey, boy, get that dude. Yeah, okay. yeah, right. You know what well, I'm saying? Yeah, I don't know. At yeah, all. smoke weed every <laughs> yeah. day. Okay. Eat lunch every day. <laughs> oh, rip Nate, dog. Um, <laughs> so thank you for listening to episode number nine. This was a very fun one. Yeah. I'm glad to be back in town. Uh, number ten will come next Tuesday night. Uh, please tell everyone about this and. Rate us on iTunes and keep on getting us numbers because it makes us happy that we can sit here and talk about things every week and have people that agree with us or disagree. Yeah. We like to hear about it. Yeah, we appreciate it. Thank you very much. So feedback, and uh, we'll talk to you guys a week from today for episode number 10. This episode is called, if you put it in your iTunes, Flack Like. No, it's actually just called episode 10, and it'll be Scott Heisel will be on. Okay, but maybe some Flack Like also. I don't know what you're saying. Fleck-like? Flack-like. Flack-like? Yes. What is that? That's what I'm saying, Justin. No, okay, well, what is it, though? I'm Elijah. Hi, Elijah. Nice to meet you. Hi. I do not have much money, but I have big heart. Okay, so why are you telling me this, though? I want to have sex with you, so let's do this now. Am I supposed to pay you, or yes, are you saying yes, that you're going to pay me? Yes, I have big heart. Because you don't have much money. Neither. We just, you know, we... Uh, I have another question. Do you mean you have a big heart as in it's, like, enlarged and you have a medical problem <laughs> and you're hoping that you'll die while we're having sex in some weird, like, fantasy you have? Or do you have a big heart like you're really open to the universe and you help people? I like Tiger, a uh, Rack City bitch. <laughs> You're not like Tiger Racks. This doesn't make Rack any- Rack City, bitch. Rack Rack City, bitch. Tens, 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 twenties on your titties, bitch. Oh, okay. Hi. Rack City, bitch. Rack Rack City, bitch. Rack City, bitch. Rack Rack no, City, bitch. No, it doesn't bitch. make your voice tens, sound tens, any tens, different. Tens, twenties on the titties, bitch. Yeah, when I'm sick, check this out. Rack City, bitch. Rack Rack City, bitch. Ten, ten, tens, twenties on your titties, bitch. Yolo, yolo. Y'all already know that's a modern dog. That's what I'm saying. Tiger up in this piece. Next week, I want to interview Tiger. Ask Tiger a question right now, bitch. Ask Tiger a question, bitch. Why did you write that song? 
I'm up in the strip club with all my dudes. You know we got the crew coming out there. And sometimes you're writing about slapping somebody or pulling out the 9 or the 4 You know, it's the 40 for them. They ain't paying attention. And like, uh, but sometimes you got to get that song for the strippers to go off to when you're in the club and trying to get some mad tail. You know what I'm saying? When you want that trim to come up and down in the boy's lap. I have another question for you. What's up, dog? For a rapper, you are very unaware of where the microphone is, and also you get way too close to it. Uh, dog, let me tell you something. It's like this. Uh, I heard the beat for Rack City, and I immediately thought in my head, I was like, okay, titty song. Titty song. Oh, yeah, I feel that. Titty song. <laughs> right, you know what I'm saying? Like yeah. that, dog. So uh, what I'm saying. So you got a miniature stroke in the middle of it. <laughs> Uh, Okay, we'll see you guys next week. Okay, bye, Daniel. Bye.